Broadcasting live from Epic Puzzles and Games in West Valley City, Utah. The Emperor has been expecting you. Surrounded by games, dice, cards, miniatures, puzzles, and more. Are you out of your fucking mind? Where geek is chic and pandemonium reigns supreme. Oh, yeah! Your host, Revan, a guy named Joe, and the great and mighty powerful Plagoon. I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault. Who reveal the many things about the world of geek. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. Grab your staff, throw on your cape, tighten up your utility belt, grab that 20-sided die. You're not making any sense. Excuse me, I'm making perfect sense. You're just not keeping up. Because it's time for Dungeon Crawler's Ring. Wow. All right. Look at that. Are you there? Hello? Hello. It's Flagoon there. Hello. It's Flagoon. Look at that. You're there. So, yes, everyone, welcome. Just in time. Yes. Great. Considering I forgot my phone and didn't call you. So, anyways, everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Lagoon yeah, is, calling, is calling via mobile, which will eventually be here. So, uh, just quickly sending a text. There we go. So, uh, tonight's going to be an exciting show. We are actually live from the Lehigh Epic Puzzles and Games. Uh, I'm live from beautiful I-80. Yes, you're in I-80 flying down the Provo Canyon. Actually, I've got... I've I've got a family thing I have to deal with, so unfortunately ah. I might not be able to stay the entire time. Ah, so you'll be on the phone and then be leaving us. Unfortunately, and uh, for that I am sorry. Wow, this will, this will be a very interesting show tonight. So, that it will be. Uh, we have author Shane Moore that will be calling in here uh, shortly. Uh, so we'll be doing that interview. Then guest, special guest host Dan Wells will be showing up a little bit later, around 7 o'clock. So at least there'll be more than me sitting at the table. So we have all <laughs> you must be feeling kind of lonely. It is. It's kind of odd. I'll admit that. So I'm sorry. Um, no, you're fine. We may have Nivy calling in. I don't have the number for Joe, and I don't know if Joe is uh, calling in or not. So we'll we'll go from there. Okay. Different Joe. <laughs> so um, let's see. Oh, sorry. Just oh, answering it. What, so, what what is going on? Uh, nothing much. There was actually a bit of a game review I wanted to uh, kind of kind of spot off and uh, and talk about. That yesterday was so much fun with the uh, cast and the uh, producer and director of Unicorn. Uh, it's kind of hard to get to anything. Yes, true. So um, that reminds me. Am I am I counting you a one or two? I'm sorry. What? 
Am I counting you as a one person or a two person for Thursday? It would be it would be a two person for, uh, for right. Thursday night. Okay, good. So that reminds yeah, the, uh, everyone. The the wife uh, when I came back home on uh, on uh, last night, the wife was like, "You didn't tell me that the uh, the main character was eye candy." I'm like, "You didn't ask." <laughs> so uh, no. yeah, she and she also said she also candy. said I didn't say it was about LARPing, but. Uh, well, we, we've definitely got a list growing, so um, I, I'm excited for this. Uh, let's see, I'm just writing this quickly down. Uh, so our list is growing, so for those of you out there listening, um, if you email us right now at info at com, we have free passes to screening of Unicorn City this Thursday, the 28th at 7 p.m. at Jordan Commons. So we have, I'll say, several tickets still available. Basically, they want to pack the rest of the house with nothing but fellow gamers and geeks. So that's pretty much everyone that's listening to us right now. So and don't 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 think that oh it says Unicorn City is a chicky flag and whatnot. No, no, no. This is like a hilarious. This is, looks like it's going to be a hilarious movie. The Napoleon Dynamite of Well, how they actually describe it? They actually describe it as as a mash mashup or mixture of both Monty Python's Search for the Holy Grail and Napoleon Dynamite. That's well, there we go. Even even better than just Napoleon Dynamite because it's got yes. Napoleon Dynamite and Holy and Holy Grail. Yeah, I mean, if you want kind of a taste of it, check out their trailer. Go to unicorncity.com, or you can listen to our archive of last night's show and just listen to Matt, Matt Mattinson, and you will you will just you'll be able to know the humor that will be throughout this movie. I mean, last night Matt was just kicking out puns left and right. Oh, he was. Uh, it was. Yeah. It was a it was a great night. Yeah. Well, as it stands right now. And Joe hasn't even thrown out his numbers, and I and I know there's a few other people that still are waiting to get back to me, but I already have 20 tickets burned up. You've already got so, 20 burned up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it, and I'm trying to. I want to shoot for a hundred. They're going to allow us if we can do that. And unfortunately, we have awesome. to have our listen by tomorrow morning. So, everyone listening. Yes. You hear that, internet? Give uh, give uh, Revan an email info dot at dungeoncrawlersradio dot com and yes. say how many people you want to come with you, and uh, it'll be an awesome night out there. Yes, tons of fun, laughter, and all sorts of craziness. Let's see. Uh, sorry, I am at yeah, great, great audio, great radio when there's dead silence. So, okay. oh, wonderful. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, no, you're fine. Uh, trying to get Nivy to call in so that we have more than just the two of us. So, oh, okay. Anyways, all right. So Shane should be calling in here in the next seven minutes. We'll interview him now. Shane is most famous for. The Abyss Walker series, which is more of a darker fantasy, which, uh, you know, traditional fantasy is kind of light, airy, you know, you got the, the fun elf stuff like this. He focuses more on the dark, urban, you know, the darker fantasy, kind of like, uh, you know, you've seen kind of like Dark Crystal or something like that, but a little bit more 
darker. Uh, basically, uh, my equivalent to it, it's the Stephen King of fantasy. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And plus, he has a, a new project going on that he's going to talk about. That, uh, all I'm going to say is it involves zombies. So, we'll let him talk you about it. You had me zombies. Yeah, zombies. Yeah. So, I, I keep seeing the acronym ZOD. Zod, so I'm going to ask him what that's all about. But, yeah. Okay. I, I wonder where Joe is. Wasn't he supposed to be calling in, too? Uh, he said he wasn't going to be calling in until about 7. Not until 7. Okay. That's, uh, that's kind of what I got from last night. Was It's not going to be until about 7. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Okay, yeah. Well, um, I, don't, I just don't know if we can do a game of Forge tonight. That's just, 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 I mean, I guess if it's just Dan and I, but... I'm hmm. sure Dan will have some pretty good ideas for a game of Forge. Yes. Dan always has, is full of information. Great guy. He's, he's, always, book. he's always got great information, great ideas for the uh, for the epic showdown, so... Yes, which he's officially killed. I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to I know. I'm just going to have to say, yeah, you killed the showdown. See, it was there. He didn't yeah, kill it. I know. He didn't kill it. He made it better. He made it so awesome that it could not be replaced. It couldn't re- be replaced. All right. Looks like we got a call in here, so I'm going to pick this up. Hold on a second. This is, this is Dungeon Crawler's radio. Yeah. Hey, and it's Joe. Yeah, oh. yeah you catch me? Uh, you are there. You are here. I'll be here. Okay. This is, this is the awesomest that is. I'm the only person physically here. Everyone else is in uh, phone land. <laughs> this is yeah, we're the, we're the Matrix. Yes. So, um, I have to admit, this is a little weird. You know, it's just me. Well, everyone here. being all separated. Yeah, well, I'm sitting here with the laptop, all the equipment out on the table. People are out doing their thing in the store, and I'm the only one here. It's just weird. Well, this, this could... Would just be a taste of uh, of uh, future future DCRs where uh, I, I eventually get called back to the Great White North. Yeah, <laughs> the, this is definitely then, well, interesting. So, <laughs> it's, so it's hard to make eye contact with you and talk to you via phone. Yes. So what we were talking about is we get, we're going to have Shane Shane Moore on tonight. He's going to be calling in here in a few minutes. Uh, he's got his. The Abyss Walker series, which he's pretty well known for, and then he's got his new uh, zombie series that's out. So we're going to talk to him about that. Uh, Dan's going to be coming on later this evening. His new book, Partials, comes out officially on the 28th. So he's going to come in uh, tonight and talk about that. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then I was going to tease him that, you know, he killed the epic showdown, and then, and, and Lagoon was just saying, no, he didn't kill it. He just did it so awesome that we can't do it again because we can't replace it. Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said about setting a precedent, a precedent about uh, about being too good. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I've tried uh, you know, pushing the uh, the showdown on Facebook, and it just doesn't seem to be going. I can't get anyone to vote on there, which is just ah, come on, people. Yeah. So, but I was saying, um, right now our list is at 20 people. For Thursday night, um, uh, with Unicorn City. Yeah, and that's so. just 
just on your end. Yeah, so we haven't heard from anyone on your end. We haven't heard anyone from any other people from Lagoon. Uh, I spoke with Nick, Nikki uh, or Nivy to see if she can get any LARPers or any, uh, you know, the steampunk people that she knows to show up. So she's putting a call out. We have to have our list turned in by tomorrow morning. So if it's not into Adrian tomorrow morning, yeah. So um, uh, I just need to hear back from a few other people on my side, and we may be above 20. And if we can get uh, a ton more gamers, I'm waiting to hear back from the West Valley store. Uh, We'll talk to some people here at this store and see if we can get some hype up. But I want to hit 100. I want to go to, go to Adrian and those guys. We got 100 gamers and geeks. We got 100 people for you. Go. Yeah, yeah. Disperse them. Well, see that's yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, well, that's what I'm going to be leaving early for. Yeah. Nice. Also, put it out there that you, you know you might actually you you'll, you'll get a chance to uh, meet us. You meet uh, Revan and Joe and myself and. Yes, and not only that, there's free cupcakes. You can slap me for you can slap me for all the uh, the smack talk. I uh, talk about uh, how useless Boba Fett is. And, you know, okay. Uh, you can uh, do all sorts of other things with uh, Joe and and, uh, and uh, yes, Revan, whatever you want. Yeah. You can also meet the uh, the ear candy or eye candy of the uh, the cast and crew as they're signing their their eight by ten. Ear and eye candy. Yes. Uh, yeah, what I was saying as far as, you know, anyone out there questioning if they want to go see the show, they should, one, see the trailer, and two, they should, uh, you know, listen to last night's show. That sh- the show itself, uh, just listening to Matt Mattinson and throwing off the puns and the jokes that were flying back and forth, just shows you the amount of comedy that was already into this movie. You know, it, it is definitely family-friendly. It's comedy for definitely gamers but those that aren't gamers or you know in that type of community are still going to enjoy it it's still enjoyable and still enough but yeah just yeah just anyone who appreciates good comedy yeah yeah there's a little bit of everything in there you know you got the the guy that's struggling to be you know to to get his dream job, but at the same time completely clueless of the girl next door that's in love with him. You know, you got the the awkward girl next door that's trying to get this clueless guy to fall in love with her, but just awkward. Uh, you got the the brother that you know the loving brother that'll do anything, but then you know, and, and he he well, let's admit it, he's 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 that guy in in the group. Uh, you know, it, it, it he's he's the equivalent of of Chris Farley uh, in the group. He's funny. You know, he, he the physical comedy that he does, let alone you know just the the expressions. You know, then you got the the I'm guessing the older brother that's you know. It's kind of the smaller guy, but you know, he'll beat you up for anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you just have your traditional gaming group and you know, the hilarity that's in that gaming group and the, the difference of you know, not only personality, but basically the way people game. So I, I'm sure if you've ever gamed and see this group, you can look at one person in this group and say, yeah, that guy's that guy I've had in my group, that person I've had in yeah. my group. And so on. Yeah, very identifiable. Yeah. So and and they've got a good cast and crew. Uh, like I said earlier, they've got a great tagline where it's you know Monty Python, uh, search for the Holy Grail, mashed up with Napoleon Dynamite. So it, it's just it works perfectly. 
Now, and then, Joe, you're going to be uh, having some uh, fun out at, uh, and role-playing yourself tonight, that's correct? Uh, yep, 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 that's where I'm, but yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to be corralling some more, uh, some more free ticket takers. Nice. That's going to be, that's what's going to be coming up with that, so, you know, don't, so don't take it as I'm, uh, you know, I'm not shirking the duties with the show, I'm just trying to find a way to do both. Yeah, no, I understand, and this is kind of a, this is an awful, the wall thing, and this is, this kind of happens to, to work kind of at the wrong time, but at the same time, at the right time. So, you know, we plan to do this special Tuesday show so we can get Dan Wells in, and then, well, the Unicorn City thing just happened to happen at the same time, so. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, a bit of a, uh, bit of a mess here. Yeah. It's a fun mess. Yes, it is. It is definitely a fun mess. Yeah. Uh, so. so, all right. So, all right, fellas. Let me lay it down for you. All right. Simpsons is turning 500. All right. Who's going to be watching? Your 500th episode? Yeah. You know, I'll admit this. I quit watching around 2002. Really? Yeah, I haven't. I really haven't watched since then. No interest. Um, I, I what What are we What are we talking about? Simpsons. Oh, Simpsons. Yeah, yeah I, I stopped watching after a while. And you're not even going to make an exception for the 500th episode? That's like landmark. I I may watch for that, but um, yeah. Oh, Shane's uh, calling the wrong number. He's calling my mobile. He's not calling the call-in number. I'm going to have to... Okay, hold on. I've, I've tried watching some of the newer Simpsons. They just they, they say it seem to kind of been falling a little bit flatter than they used to. It doesn't seem to be as, uh, as memorable as the uh, earlier episodes. Yeah. Well, they started straying... I, I mean, honestly, I felt that they started kind of straying away from what made them... Uh, what made them iconic in the first place, and as soon as they started doing that, that's kind of what the beginning of the end. Yeah. Well, well not the beginning of the end, but that was that started the slide. From the sounds of it, this is the, the last year with Fox. Uh, uh, no, they got they got two more years. They 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 extended years. the contract for another two years. Okay. Or two more seasons. Nice. Okay, well that's that's good to know. All right. Uh, wow. But it is it is definitely on the decline now officially, just because. Oh yeah. Let's, let's admit it; it's been running forever. Uh, I don't think there's anything out there that's even been lo- running as long as it has. Looks um, like you're Shane calling now, so let me snag okay. this phone. Dungeon Crawlers Radio. This is Revan. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, how are you? Hello. Hey. hey. <laughs> My apologies. I've been literally almost dead yesterday with the flu. It was, uh, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, it totally slipped my mind. It was so bad that, uh, I went into like, uh, my fever was so bad, like a seizure slash convulsions. I don't know what you want to call it, but it knocked me unconscious, and I've been, I've had one hell of a day. (laughs) Wow. You sure you weren't being inflicted with some zombie virus? Well, yeah, because I put on Facebook. That's what a lot of people were saying that you've got the zombie virus. Yeah, convulsions. Ew. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, the whole lot. Yeah. yeah, it sucked. Wow. Well, welcome. Welcome. This is author Shane Moore. For everyone out there listening to us tonight, um, we have Joe along with Revan and a guy. Or, uh, wow, I just messed that up, didn't I? Guy named wow. Joe Lagoon. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens. Everything's thrown off. Just because you guys are mobile. <laughs> not very. It's not like I'm trying to drive here. Yeah, that's true. No, that's me. I'm, yep. I'm the one driving. Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> well yep, thanks for coming on even after surviving the, the near-like zombie-like flu. Uh, and coming on, Shane. We appreciate hey, it. No worries. Thanks. thanks for having me. And, uh, again, my apologies that... Um, I'm just out of which right now. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. I just I just glanced down at the time and noticed what time it was. I'm like, hmm, I'll just send a reminder, so not a problem. Yeah, it was perfect. Now, how, how is the Abyss Walker series going? Uh, the Abyss Walker series is going great. Uh, the last book in the series launches uh, this coming May in XCon, uh, which is a science fiction fantasy convention in Myrtle Beach. And yeah. Where Rats Tale Two just came out this weekend, where I caught the flu at VisionCon in Springfield, Missouri. And that was well received, and hundred, several hundred fans got uh, their hands on it, and uh, everything just went really great. Wow! All right, that, that sounds great. So, and of course, they can access, they can get the those books on your website, correct? Well, the best place to get them... Well, they can go to any bookstore nationwide oh, and get them. Nice. They, they okay. can get them... Um, they can get them from the publisher, uh, New Battle Books, or um, they can get them from you know, Amazon, Amazon, whatever. Okay. So they are everywhere now. Yep. Which is good. Nice. Yep, they are everywhere. And New Battle Books is re-releasing them. Um, so if, it's, if your bookstore doesn't have them, they will have them very soon. Okay. That that sounds great. I I don't have you guys seen the the, the Abyss Walker books out here yet? I Joe, haven't seen very much at all. I don't really leave the uh, sanctity of my uh, safety of my home very much anymore. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. I know they well, don't either. I pretty much hang out at my house. Yeah. Except for that that long drive to work, right? That's really the only time I get out uh, driving to work. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, okay. I I get out way too much then, I guess. Okay. Now, the big (laughs) thing is the new project that you're working on. And I I see on your Facebook page Zod. So what is Zod? Well... When I did your show forever ago, um, the last time, yeah. I was con- I was contacted after the show by iHero Entertainment um, to do a superhero story for them. And I'd never done anything superhero. I wasn't excited to do anything superhero. And um, so I kind of was like, you know, thanks or no thanks kind of thing. But they were fairly, they were fairly persistent. And that they wanted me and they wanted uh, my style of writing. Yeah, so I, I figured I would teach him a lesson, and I would give him a superhero story uh, in my style of writing that, you know, of which they'd never seen before. So I wrote 
uh, a superhero story that involved Camille, who is a superhero character who's only power to, to turn invisible. And she is hired to assassinate a doomsday cult trying to bring about the zombie apocalypse in St. Louis. Well, to make a long story short, the story takes place after she's already completed her mission. And uh, she wakes up in the, in the alley from the night before. She's all banged up and, you know, her uniform is singed and she's really sick to her stomach and she wanders across the street and throws it up a couple of times and ultimately she dies next to a bus stop and uh, right before she discovers she's been infected. And the people at the bus stop see her going to convulsions and die. I guess very similar to how I was feeling last night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then suddenly she wakes up and she, you know, looks at the, at the crowd and her eyes are all yellow. She's, you know, zombified up. And then she turns invisible. And, uh, which is, you know, was her power. So, you know, it was kind of a scary, dun-dun-dun kind of end. And... They, you know, they loved it, and that led to being offered a contract from New Babel Books to do a zombie novel. And I originally turned it down, uh, turned the zombie novel down. I didn't feel I could contribute anything to the story that's been overdone. Yeah. And there were so many obvious problems with zombie stories. Uh, number one, when a zombie bites someone, it's their only real way to um, transmit their... The only way, really, they can reproduce. Yeah. Their only way to reproduce is to bite their own food source. So it would stand a reason that there wouldn't really be many zombies, or if there was, most of them would be not much more than a torso and a nub of a limb. Yeah. That's just not yeah. very scary or dangerous, unless you were in a parking lot. That's one thing I've always uh, kind of uh, noticed with a lot of zombie shows is they they just completely devour the, the corpses. Where's the zombies coming from, then? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The other problem I had with zombie novels was that patient zero somehow could not be contained and infected the world. And yeah. That's just, um, it's just unbelievable and unrealistic. Yeah. Of course, never mind the fact that a zombie is unrealistic in the first place. And that was my next problem I had attacked was the biology of a zombie. Uh, because realistically, they, they in the winter time they would freeze. All they got to do is make it to the winter time. Yeah. Um, you know, they have no body temperature. They have no way to produce heat, so naturally they would freeze solid. Yeah. So these are things I combated yeah. in, the, in the Apocalypse of Enoch, which is the title of the, of the novel. So as I was, as I had outlined the thought of ways to defeat all of those, essentially what I did was I mixed. I thought about what made. Zombies scary. What made what made the old movies scary? And I looked at some of the classic horror movies that scared me as a child, and I remember thinking of The Exorcist and say like Children of the Corn. And a pretty common theme was children in, in, in religion. Um, those were the two scary things. There's really nothing much scarier than a creepy little kid or or mixing religion in it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of myself, you know, how can you mix religion and zombies? And my wife and I were chatting about um, the rapture. You know, just doing a what if kind of thing. And if the rapture happened, who's to say it takes the whole body and not just the person's soul? And uh, if that were the case and the soul was taken, what would be left? It wouldn't kill the people, they would just kind of be animalistic. Kind of like the old juju zombies from Haiti, you know, the Haitian juju zombies with the voodoo, back with voodoo. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, before right. that started a, a, a snowball effect in my brain, I started scratching out notes. And before long, how the apocalypse of Enoch would work out was established in my brain, and that essentially the rapture happens, and the people that are left behind when the rapture is ended, which is in the novel 24 hours, awake and turn into ravenous infected zombies when they awake. Of course, that's the purge or cleansing of the world. So I got a hold of some a preacher friend of mine who also knew a guy that was an expert in um, religious of uh, history of religion. And between the two of them and me, and we all brainstormed and found scripture throughout different kinds of religion: uh, Old Testament, New Testament, the Book of Jubilees, which was an older Jewish uh, book, uh, even some stuff from the Tablet of Gilgamesh, which is the oldest known uh, writing. Some say it's it's, it's uh, fiction. Others say it isn't, you know, no one really knows. And I put all those together, and I started taking quotes from those. What's that? I was just saying, some people say it's kind of a, the story of Gilgamesh kind of is similar to the the story of Moses in in some ways. Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the story of Gilgamesh. Um, And the the one problem that that people have with saying that it's a, a piece of work of fiction is that talking about the goddess Ishtar, and she is was frequently she was a real goddess in the Sumerians. You know they worshipped her. Yeah. So it, you know it's it, no one will really know, but there were some really interesting things. So I took all these aspects and I tried to I tried to take scripture from all of these places and, and compile them together. So there was no real one religion represented, but more of you know overall religion as a whole. Mm-hmm. But. I took 1% of the population worldwide would be raptured. And another aspect I added to make it the creepy element was that I figured, you know, you have the age of accountability. You know, in, in Jewish religion, you have um, um, the bar mitzvah, you know, when they reach 13. So essentially 12 and under would be the age yeah. of accountability when most are considered innocent. What that means is when the rapture happens, 30, um, all the kids 12 and under would be raptured as well, and, and, and worldwide. But since the story takes place in the U.S., that would be, uh, according to the Census Bureau in 2011, that's 35 million kids. So there's 35 million kids and 3 million adults that are converted yeah. into these, that, that are raptured. And uh, they, they go comatose, and of course, if you study mass casualty events, once the hospitals fill up, they begin filling up churches and schools. So they put all these, all these kids and these adults in these churches and schools. And then the 24 hours is up, and they all awaken at the same time, and they're ravenous, they're infected, and they're hungry, and they just start eating people. There's really not a whole lot scarier than a pack of 36-year-olds chasing you down and mauling you and eating you with their little needle-sharp baby teeth, um, you know, just ripping people apart. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I really yeah, like that idea. That draws a different um, uh, mental picture. It does. Well, and some of the great scenes from the book, I'll throw a couple little teasers out here. One of the scenes, if you can imagine, you know, dozens of tiny little kid hands that are bloody reaching under a door, putting their fingers under a door. Yeah. Um, another scene is in the school. You know how schools always have that that really narrow glass window next to the door? Yeah. Well, imagine a pack of feral kids with greasy hair and splotched zombie faces pulling off cute shamrock pictures and pressing their evil, wicked faces against the door and laughing and giggling as they're trying to get through and devour a character. Nice. 
and that's the <laughs> Apocalypse of Enoch. Now, Enoch because the majority of the scripture I took from the novel was from the Book of Enoch, and if people aren't familiar with the Book of Enoch, the Book of Enoch is a book of the Apocrypha that was kept from, that was not selected to be in the traditional canon by the Roman Emperor in 312 A.D. when the Bible was formed, when the Bible was all put together. People don't even realize that the Bible was, was the traditional canon that we have today was created by the Romans, um, you know, in around 312 A.D. And the Book of Enoch was one of those books that was not allowed uh, to be in the canon. Now, as I was writing the novel, uh, I didn't have the way I took the contract. I only had 60 days to write it and submit it, and it was a cross-genre piece. I'd never done horror before. So I didn't have time to really create and flesh out characters. So on a whim, I asked a friend of mine who was a three-time Iraqi veteran if he wanted to be a character in the novel. And I, was, I knew him quite well, so there was no need to um, really flesh anything out. He was already, you know, the character already existed. So I, I added him into the uh, to novel as himself. And then before long, I needed someone that was an EMT. So I had another friend that was an EMT, so I asked him if he wanted to be in the novel. And then before long, I asked a bunch of, you know, every person, every character in the novel was a real person. So oh, wow. I decided to kind of go with this real fact, realism factor, and I needed a news reporter. So I called up, so I didn't call her up, I got a hold of her on Facebook, actually, which was April Simpson from Fox 2. And... She's an anchor and reporter. She's a great person who's, you know, she beat a brain tumor. Just, you know, she's just a real resilient woman. And I asked her if she was interested in being a novel, and she said she was. Well, it didn't take long when my friends, one well, of my celebrity friends, had seen that I had made character, uh, April a character in the novel. When Matt Hill, who's a good friend of mine, says, you know, Matt Hill was a Ninja Turtle. You guys, you guys should know yeah. that, aren't you? Yeah. So Matt, Matt says, well, I want to fight zombies. So I said, okay. So I put Matt in there. And then the next thing you know, my other friends, and the, you know, Daniel Emery Taylor, he was in Return of the Swamp Thing, you know, and Jim O'Rear, and they're both like, I want to fight zombies. <laughs> Sorry, I had to leave. So, you're fine. So that did, um, did including all of these real-life people, uh, I mean, how how... How much easier did that make it? How, how did that speed up the whole process? Well, I mean, it, it made it real easy as far as characterization and fleshing them out. What made, what, what the, some of the unusual problems that arose that you wouldn't anticipate were I no longer had the creative freedom to add, give a character a skill if they didn't have it. Um, so, you know, for example, if I needed a character that was a pilot, none of these guys are pilots. So that was some of the problems, you know, that I had. Those were some of the challenges. The other thing was uh, Matt Hill lives in, in Canada. Peter Mayhew lives in, in Texas. And, of course, he played, everybody knows he played Chewbacca. You know, uh, Pete Koch, who played Sweet in Heartbreak Ridge, uh, you know, former NFLer. He, he lives in North Carolina or South Carolina. So it would seem silly to have a story that jumped all over the place. So I tried to come up with how can I get all of these characters together at one time. So I devised a plan that they would have been at a, a science fiction fantasy convention in St. Louis when the zombie, you know, the zombies hit. So I had all my characters together at one time, and thus I would have this great uh, link, this this great link in the fandom, uh, and put them all together. And that's where Zod came in. 
I needed uh, everything else in the book was real. The, na- the characters, <coughs> locations, everything. And I needed you, you go to these conventions and you see these people that dress up and pretend to fight zombies. And I contacted a very popular um, zombie group, zombie fighting group. Yeah, and I contacted several of their members. I wasn't sure who was the head. And essentially, uh, I got a, not only got a flat out no. Um, when I contacted them, I asked. They said, um, you know, hey, uh, can um, you know? I don't want to. I don't want to take away from what anything that you're doing because if I, you know, otherwise I got to make a fake. You know, I got to make a zombie group. And I said, second, you, you know, this could bring some popularity and some awareness to your to your group. And essentially, they, one email was fairly blunt but friendly, and it said, you know, I'm sorry, we don't authorize our our, our groups used for commercial work. But then the other one I got was flat out, so you can't bring us any popularity, and there's nothing that you can do to take away from us. Oh, wow. So I, I kind of chuckled, what? and I said, okay, well, I have to make a zombie fighting group, so I created ZOD, which stands for Zombification, Orientation, and Defense. And it's essentially how to deal with, you know, a zombie apocalypse. So I invented this fake okay. group called Zod. It's the only thing in the novel that was fictitious. I made a Facebook page for it so it would be real. And, I, and I, it didn't matter if one person liked it. It was me. That's what I made. And then I wrote Zod in the novel because how awesome it is to have a group pretending to fight zombies and then suddenly zombies become real and they have to fight them in real life. Nice. Well, what happened was people started liking it. And the next thing you know, people had more questions and more questions. And Zod now has, well, let me let me click. Zod now has almost 400 likes on Facebook. There are five vehicles. People have painted flat black and put Zod logos on them and turned them into zombie fighting units. And there is a chapter in uh, the main Zod unit is in, in Illinois here around St. Louis. But now there's a chapter in Springfield, Missouri that has two Zod vehicles and around 60 members um, already. So it's it's <laughs> turning into a nationwide group that was only created with the intent of existing just so it could be in my novel. And now it's, people are dressing up in costumes and getting their red grenades and they're making shirts, and it's just exploded. But, the, no, the, you, they, you but, can't but make nobody wanted copies. to sign up for this. Ah. Yeah. Wow, that's that? awesome. Well, no one oh, yeah. wanted to sign up for it. Uh, Fulgun was saying that—that's just—it's kind of a yeah, t- stick it to you type moment. Where oh yeah, like, definitely. Well, and I was—I I respect their right not to be yeah. included. Um, and I knew this would happen in a way. I didn't. I've got a lot of fans. I've got a lot of popularity, and I didn't—I didn't want to take—I didn't want to dethrone them as the king of the zombie groups. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew, and I don't know if God ever will outgrow them or become bigger than they are, but I knew that it would certainly become big, uh, yeah. especially that this novel is going to be huge. It's, it's um, I've, This novel will, and I'm not trying to be egotistical here, but this novel will certainly flip the genre on its head. Every aspect of what isn't real about zombies has been crushed. Uh, I've made a novel that is as creepy as it is believable, and it's um it, it's going to make people scratch their heads and say you know oh my gosh this this is scary and this could really happen yeah well and that's kind of the, I like what you brought here is because most zombie stories it, you're right it's like that patient X or that one individual somehow escapes 
and attack someone else. And it's like, you know, if they're, they're ravenous creatures, they're just going to devour their, their food stock, like you said, and they're not going to just bite and then run off. You know? And so you're going to have stumps or, you know, torn up corpses that are dragging themselves along. And in this way, you actually explain why there's a huge mass group of zombies together. So that's that's great. And not only that, you do it creepy. You know, little six-year-olds, I mean, yeah, my, my little kids well, running around are creepy enough, you know, and add on <laughs> that they want to eat, eat me, that's even worse. Well, another... Um Another aspect about it was I had a molecular biologist and a, and a medical doctor also helping contribute to my research. So when I get into the biology of the RNA retrovirus, which is what the virus in the novel is, I call it the abandoned virus, I get into the <coughs> the reality and, and the functionality of how it works. And, and I stay true. The zombies in the apocalypse of Enoch, you have to shoot them in the head. And they do have rotting flesh, but they're not technically undead. So I can see maybe yeah. where the the genre people might be a little upset with me there. But in reality, the original zombies weren't really undead, anyways. If you look yeah. at the Haitian or the you know the old school stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know the, the biology is all there. And, and, I mean, I practically earned a medical degree doing my research <laughs> on how it works. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they created a special degree for you called Zombology or something. <laughs> zombology, I love it. Well, see, that's the thing, too. Like, for example, I, the, the abandoned virus and the apocalypse of Enoch attacks T cells, uh, much like the AIDS virus. Mm-hmm. But when it converts a cell over to a virus, it gives off an enzyme, and that enzyme is free floating in the bloodstream. That enzyme has an adverse effect on the endocrine system. And for those that don't remember from school, the endocrine system is your hormonal system. It would be your growth hormone, your pituitary, yeah. your testosterone, your all of that. And it, it, this <coughs> this enzyme, this fluid from the conversion process, causes the systems to go crazy out of whack and start producing tenfold on the amounts that it would normally produce. So you have you have um, zombies that are just they're incredibly ravenous, they're incredibly hungry, they heal very rapidly, uh their tissue their and it's not it's not a, a regeneration like you would think Wolverine or Yeah <laughs> the cheerleader from uh heroes. And it's because um like any real regeneration it's they regenerate because their skin and their stuff just keeps growing and growing. Well, that means you have a massive buildup of excess cells, and this buildup accumulates on the outside of their skin. It's very painful, and it causes this flesh to develop necrosis on the outside. So they they essentially are rotting flesh, <coughs> but it's on you know it's just because this buildup of tissue. Yeah. Ew. Well, and then because they regenerate so rapidly, this is why you have to shoot them in the head because you shoot them anywhere else and it just heals up pretty quick. It, it's yeah. really difficult. And you can kill them by shooting them in the body, but, you know, for example, just a small puncture in the aorta is unlikely to kill them because it, they would heal up the small wound pretty rapidly. 
<laughs> but yeah. if you blew up half their chest, clearly they're not going to regenerate that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I love the oh. fact that you have so much detail in, in the medical side of this to explain, you know, the, the necrosis, the rotting flesh, you know, the kind of the healing on that, and you know, the, you know, the like you said, that T cell, the the enzyme to explain it all. It's just you've got everything there. And it's not just like, oh yeah, they just became zombies. You, you have a good, solid reason why this has happened. Well, it's just because it's a Another zombie thing. show and they have reasons for zombies. Yeah. Well, the other thing that always frustrated me about zombie stories was they always have that one person that gets bit and hides it. Yeah. <clears throat> but you never really... And then eventually everyone finds out and they either shoot him or leave him or whatever. Yeah. Or well, he turns and ends up killing five people. <clears throat> right. What frustrates me about that is you really, what changes is that person going through? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Yeah. So when one of the characters in the Apocalypse of Enoch is bit and he starts going through the changes, he remains a point of view character. So the reader gets to see his thoughts and how he feels and what his fears are and you know how it will affect him. And you know I've essentially explained how... The, the the infection, how it attacks the brain, and how difficult they are to begin. They suddenly have a hard time processing certain thoughts, and because it attacks their endocrine system, how their hormonal changes uh, are affecting their personality, and uh, you know, I cover all of those aspects. So I, I tried to take everything that bothered me about zombie novels and fixing it, and making making a zombie story that is unlike any... It's like a zombie story. It is a zombie apocalypse, but unlike any done before. Nice. You you avoid the cliches, and you try to make new stories. Make a, make a new reality. Well, and I didn't... Uh, I didn't want to fall into the same old traps, and that's why I turned the project down initially when it was offered to me. Um, mm-hmm. Zombies are hot right now, but it just wasn't... I just, there just wasn't anything that I felt I could contribute, and then, but after I had time to think about it, uh, I was able to do what I felt is, you know, uh, do right by the genre. Wow! Wow! Yeah. It's a, yeah. Well, and just like in the Bisswalker, though, it sounds like you're really. Uh, I mean, you're putting your mark on this genre by uh, by adding a, a completely fresh perspective. Oh, yeah, it, uh, you have to apologize on my coffin. I'm sorry, guys, I'm still sick. No, you're fine. No, it's all right. I'm uh, taking care of a 10-month-old right now, so. <laughs> well, hopefully you can't catch my flu through the through the phone. Oh, it's hey, so good. 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 But the, the Apocalypse of Enoch is uh, probably my best writing to date. Um... It, the chief editor on the project is Sean Taylor, writes for Gene Simmons' Dominatrix. Um, he works for ID, he's done stuff for IDW. Um, he's a great writer. Uh, his writing style is very similar to mine, that this focus is strongly on characterization. And um, he's the chief editor there of New Babel Books, and, and I'm confident that this will be an amazing, amazing, uh, amazing title. When, when are we expecting to see this? Well, that's the fun part. This will launch in June. It will open the same day in the novel that the zombie apocalypse hits in the novel. So it'll open the same day in real life as the zombie apocalypse happens in the novel. 
what makes it interesting was after this, the contract and everything was completed, and it was sent off to the publisher, it, there's a convention in St. Louis called Contamination. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know the celebrities in the novel are all gathered together when the zombie apocalypse hits in St. Louis. As it so happens, <laughs> the novel will launch in the exact same day that the zombie apocalypse happens in the novel, and the celebrities that will be there, many of them will be the, the, the characters in the novel as well. So that's like kind of a little bit like reality mimicking fiction, mimicking reality there. That's kind of so, funny. So, so if the zombie apocalypse does come out, we know who to blame then. Yes. Right, right. Essentially what happened was I had some sort of crazy prophetic dream, and yes. everyone in the world will be dead, so I won't be able to uh, claim that I'm a prophet or anything, but yeah. <laughs> well, it, it could be kind of fun to maybe play this up, you know, kind of like uh, you know, was it H. Orson Welles who did um, War of the Worlds? You know, kind of uh, do something like similar oh, to H.G. Yeah. Wells, yeah, kind of do something like that because you're right. You know, it comes out the same day. It starts at a convention. I mean, why not kind of play that up? That could be fun. Hire a few actors. You never know. Of course, then you may have some yeah, crazy gun-toting guy that may shoot someone, just like you know Jesse Eisenberg did with <laughs> Bill Murray. But hey, that'd be interesting. Well, Zod will be there. Um, uh, yeah, there you go. At, at contamination. So I so think we'll be safe. They just what's that? We'll be safe then. Yeah. Right, right. But what's funny in the novel was everyone looks to them when the zombies hit for help and they're like dude we just pretend to fight shit these are fake guns we don't know what the hell we're doing <laughs> <laughs> but, you know they're like what the, you know they're like what the hell guys but the way it, the way it works out is um, because they played the fighting zombies they did have a better idea on how to deal with them and uh, of the four there's four side members that are appear at the event and only two of them survive to the end and they um those those two you know become really instrumental in uh, in surviving, helping their group survive. <laughs> What's neat is when you read a novel, you're going to learn stuff about your favorite celebrities that you didn't know about their personalities. Little little clicks. Like um, a lot of people won't realize that Angie, which is Peter Mayhew's wife, is a is a you know she's killed with firearms in real life, and of course she is in the novel. You'll yeah. get to learn that. Uh, Terry Naughton knows how to start and run um, tugboats and small boats, uh, and you learn that he used to be a fisher boat, uh, a tuna boat fisherman back in the day. Yeah, oh, a lot of people yeah, don't know that. You know, I guess a Disney artist was a yeah. tuna boat fisherman. Yeah. And had rubber band <laughs> Right, right. There, right there, are, and there are some um, cameo appearance appearances by the band Kirby Crackle. You ever heard of Kirby Crackle? Yeah. Kirby Crackle um, gave permission to use a couple lyrics of their songs, so I had the characters. They're kind of bummed out, and one of them starts singing a Kirby Crackle song. Because now remember, because the people that survive are kind of fandom dorks from yeah. the convention, so they would know these things. We get a little booty do mask, little lyrics going on. Man, I can see the whole thing uh, convention now. You know, you got the guys, you know, you got the Zod team, you have the zombies come through, and they you know, they start attacking them. This would be perfect. Ah, yeah. 
Let's see. Uh, I recently got a contract from. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I love the reality of a zombie attack as opposed to the uh, uh, to the fiction of a zombie attack. Yeah. Right. Well, I recently signed a contract with Black Pigeon Press to make a, a Z- or a Apocalypse of Enoch role playing game. Nice. They just play tested, demoed it, and uh, at VisionCon this weekend, and that went over pretty well. And there's lots of new stuff coming out. There's a graphic novel uh, that's being will be drawn by David Bott, who's done work for just about every large comic company. And we've got a verbal from Sean Taylor to write it. But Sean's real busy. We don't know if that'll actually turn into a contract yet. We've gotten a verbal from him that you know he's interested in writing it. Uh, so there may be a comic as well coming out that would follow the novel. Nice. Wow, talk about uh, the rains of pores, huh? Yeah, so that'll be awesome. What's, what's really funny is this zombie novel that I did <clears throat> that I originally turned down. It's quite possible that it will overshadow anything I've ever done through the Abysswalker stuff, which is how I made how I made my fame. Hmm. And all because you were talk- you were on our show and someone called you. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Funny how things intermesh and work out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very. It's weird how things like that work out. And what's funny is. Not only did they call me, I wanted. I tried to turn down the superhero short story. Tried to turn it down. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. You know, it's not my thing. <clears throat> yeah. But one thing I'm learning in the business is one, you really, you really shouldn't try. You know, it's all possible. If someone, if a company offers you a contract, even if they're small press, you know, and you've got, if you have time, you know, try to do it. There's so many people in this business that. Would just love to be published. You know, yeah. Who am I to, to 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 turn down a contract? Who am I to think I'm so big that I can't? I shouldn't do it. Um, and and then the other thing was that you never know what you're going to do. Um, turns in, you know what's going to turn into and how it's going to go. So be be thankful for every opportunity that comes your way and try to capitalize off of them. That's you know that's one of the things I'm trying to do. Nice. And so, so you got the book, a comic book coming out of it, and a role-playing game. Right, right. Wow. A movie, possibly. I mean, this would be this would well, be great. My publisher had a. He has had some friends in the movie business and uh, small independent films, a couple with mm-hmm. a million-dollar budget. So we're starting to get up there. That have ex- that have potentially expressed some interest in doing uh, some sort of derivative work based off the Apocalypse Phoenix, and uh, certainly I would entertain those ideas. I would I would want to make sure it's a quality piece. I don't want something shot in somebody's garage. But on the same token, <clears throat> if it's if it can be done right and it's a, a derivative work, then I, I wouldn't have any problems with them making a you know some sort of a quote unquote fan film type thing as long as it's done well. The actual story I I wouldn't let anyone turn that into a movie unless they were you know, a large a large company. You know, one of the one of the major uh one of the major movie houses. Um, quick sort of that. You know, that's it's not gonna go anywhere there. 
But, um, the, you know, if we did some derivative works, I wouldn't have any problem with some small independent films coming in and, you know, making it, you know, kind of pitching in, teaming up, making a, making a little bit of a name for themselves off of my project. And, and in the same mm-hmm. token, giving me a little extra publicity at the same time, I, you know, that wouldn't bother me. But the, the core book, the main book, um, that's not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to let that happen. That's good. Hang on, Kevin. Yeah. It sounds like a. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not a huge fan of zombies. Yeah, uh, I I'll enjoy a zombie movie, but I'm just not a fan of them. Uh, this actually sounds like something I can bite my teeth into and I can enjoy. You know, Walking well, the Dead. Book right, <clears throat> the book right now is available for pre-order, even though it won't mm-hmm. come out until June. If anybody wants to pre-order, then go to newbabblebooks.com. Okay. They can go to the e-store, and it should be the first book listed. If they can go there and they can pre-order it, and they, they won't get it until June, but they might get it a week or so early, <clears throat> enough time okay. to get it read before the big yeah. launch. And um, the cover there is not the actual cover; that's just a promo cover. They hired some models to dress up as zombies and stuck them in a, <clears throat> I think it was a phone booth or something, just you know, just to have a promo cover. Because the actual cover, you know, is not even done yet, but. <clears throat> if anyone is interested in pre-ordering it, um, they can get it there. Nice. <coughs> That's exciting. So, yeah, um... No. Wow. Uh, hey, hey, unfortunately, I've got to get taken off here. I'm sorry, guys. I'm out of time. All right, no problem, Joe. We'll, we'll catch you later. All right, well, yeah, thank you very much, Shane, for being on the show with us. Hey, no no problem, guys. I'm sorry I'm, sorry I'm sick. It kind of makes for a oh. shitty show. Ah, no. Oh, it's all right. No, you're good. Don't every time I've done a sick show. <laughs> at least five bucks. <laughs> yep, five bucks. All right, Jerry, all right. Well, all right. Have a good night, guys. And, uh, yeah. and remember, next time. Until next time, uh, get more from your games. All right. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight's a little unusual, uh, as you kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, unfortunately, Joe has a prior engagement, and Flagoon has some other things he had to deal with. So. Uh, I'm babysitting. So we're we're kind of split up. We're in three different cities doing a show, at, while you're elsewhere. So this is it's been pretty good. So no worries, no worries. Yeah, but you know I'm glad to hear the Abyss Walker series is doing so well, and it sounds like you know you've got the final book coming out, and that's going to wrap up soon. And then you know this is really sounding like it's. I mean it hasn't even hit shelves yet and it's already ramping up you have you know fan groups and you got a game coming out comic uh, it just sounds like this is going to be a great series for you well it's it's you know it's already overshadowing everything else I got going on yeah the Were-Rex Tale 2 just launched that's the sequel to the Were-Rex Tale yeah um, and that's an awesome awesome little short little novel mm-hmm. and I just signed my first franchise writer Patrick Tomlinson We'll be taking over that series and writing under my franchise tag, the you know the Abyss Walker series. Nice. And next month, the novel White Wrath comes out, and the White Wrath is essentially about an abuse. It's a Minotaur is the main character, but he's abused by his parents, and right before they're to sacrifice him to their god, he's able to flee. And Grandpa kind of sets him aside. He flees with this human girl that he met from the human village, and. Uh, you know, they go on their little misadventures, and, that, you know, that comes out in May. That launches at EvilCon in Evansville, Indiana. That novel launches there. And, you know, I got lots of great stuff from the Abyss Walker, and it's just, it's all being overshadowed by 
this crazy this crazy zombie novel I did that you know I originally was not interested in doing. <laughs> well, you know, it's great that you've got this franchise. I know when we first talked to you, you're like you want to be the you know the the George Lucas of this uh, this fantasy genre, and it sounds like you're on your way there. So even if you know yeah. the zombie thing does overshadow. Zombies tend to go away, so you know, the Abyss Walker thing is it, fantasy novels still remain. So, well, and the, the Apocalypse of Enoch is really much a lot more than just a fantasy novel. Yeah, it's really a focus on the end of days, and as uh, obviously with 2012 approaching, and then couple that with the poor economy, the yeah. Apocalypse novels, Apocalypse stories usually do really well in those time periods. Yeah. Um, so I think you put all that together, it, it will do well and it, it will it will last for a while. But now is when it's really hot, and I think that's that's why it's overshadowing everything. Yeah, I agree. Woo. Yeah, I uh, I would love to see if this comes, you know, into a, a, even a TV series or a movie. It just sounds like the right way to do a zombie series or a movie. Even a book series, it's just, it, like I said, it's well, something I can series, buy my teeth in. I think a TV series would be much better. It would do it justice because there's so much, there's so much to this story that you know, just a, a movie would not be able to touch on properly. Yeah. For example, there's there's three types of the virus mutates because I wrote it's an RNA retrovirus, and an RNA retrovirus is most likely to mutate, cause problems. Uh, for example, it gets hit with some radiation from a fallout, from a nuclear plant fallout in the novel, and the RNA retrovirus mutates. So you've got three different viruses. There's hints that it could also infect animals, uh, and there's some biological quotes. Some of the biblical quotes that I have um, in it hinted that as well. Some from Isaiah even that talks about this plague in Isaiah. Uh, and it talks about it, you know, bothering the, the animals, the donkeys, and the other beasts of their camp. Hmm. So that was, um, you know, that was another uh, kind of a, oh my gosh uh, aspect to it. And here, here's one other thing here too. Let me um, let me see if I can uh, find it here for you guys. Hold on, bear with me one moment. Control F. Do you want to hear any of this? I can give you a small little excerpt. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do that. Here's a little bit of uh, <clears throat> here's a little bit of biology I can tell you about about it. This is with the uh, reporter April Simpson interviewing one of the doctors, Dr. Poose. Dr. Poose is actually a medical doctor here in Illinois, and of course the April mentioned is April Simpson. Um, here we'll open up here. All right, April's um, April's having a little a little problem with. Um, cameraman because there's only the two of them in the uh, in the studio and he's actually a janitor and they're trying to, April's kind of hanging out trying to protect the people, you know, all the other TV people have fled alright, here we go 
Yeah, turn on the news. Channel 2 is the only one up right now. That reporter, April Simpson, is broadcasting from the studio. He grabbed the remote and turned on the TV. You suppose this happened? The TV switched to blue screen and some soft voices bled through. What button do I hit again, April? The green one. That tells it to take it to the alternate feed. The blue screen quickly changed to a man in a lab. It looked like he was broadcasting from a webcam. The man was in his late 30s. His long, black, curly hair gave him a weird outlook without the glasses. It's a remarkable process, April. April, she corrected. It seems that feral man cells, we call him patient zero, are dividing at a rate over 50 times that of a normal person, maybe more. I suspect this is caused by some sort of freak reaction to the black rain. I'm seeing lots of some sort of new virus. It looks much like an insect, like a locust, but I can't understand what it's comprised of. The screen flips to a picture of a gateway arc shining in mid-morning sun. Damn it, which green button, April? Oh, I got it. April stood before the camera. She looked tired and worn out, but her voice sounded strong. So you're saying there's a multi-celled virus the size of a virus? So it's what, like subparticles are to the atom? The screen flicked back to Dr. Poose. Getting, you're getting the hand of this, April. He nodded. In layman's terms, yes, the virus moves through the bloodstream with the flagella. It then attaches itself to a T-cell, much like the AIDS virus. So do you think this is an AIDS mutation? It's way too early to tell. Dr. Proust, how does this virus affect the T-cells? He looked tired, but was fascinated. That's a peculiar thing. The locust cell devours the T-cells and gives off a waste enzyme. This enzyme seems to free float and is being absorbed by the glands in the endocrine system. It's been a while since PNA and college, doctor, but the endocrine system is a system in which glands produce hormones, correct? Basically, Dr. Pooch said, but once it gets into the glands, it changes them. For example, it's completely suppressing myostatin receptor heads, for one. Two, it's increasing metabolism at a rate of over a thousand times of a normal man. Wouldn't that make them starve to death in an hour or so? Yes, but the myostatin receptors are suppressed. Add that in the supercharged cellular division, testosterone growth, the adrenal response, it seems to be balancing itself out. So what's a myostatin receptor? A myostatin receptor is a really an actin type 2 protein receptor that it binds to. To make it easier to understand for your viewers, Google search Belgian blue. Once you understand that, imagine these ravenous feral people do not find food. Their bodies atrophy their own muscle tissue for food production. Since they grow it so fast, they can survive with no food source, albeit making them incredibly aggressive and hungry. And that's just a little a little tip there of some of the medical explanations on on you know how the virus is working and how it's functioning in the body. Wow. Wow. That I, I like that. And let me come over here and I'll give you some of the some of the religious aspects. And the opening before every chapter is some scripture that kind of corresponds with, you know, what's about to come. And uh hold on one moment, Frank. So I have the, you know, the opening of scripture, and I've got some really great scripture. In the very beginning, I've got one from Second Peter, and of course, we all know it opens with the rapture. So in the opening, it says, "Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation." Second Peter chapter three, verse three and four. Essentially, that says, you know, there's never going to be a rapture. There's, no, you know, there's never going to be an end days. There's, there's nothing. You know, what a joke. You know, religion's a joke. It's not going to happen. You know, and it's, you know, essentially, that's what that, you know, what that passage means. Yeah. In, in the first chapter, uh, we have um, the setup 
of the characters in the world. Uh, chapter two is called Two in the Field. Uh, it's kind of a play on words with, um, you know, in a, where in the Bible it says there'll be two men in the field, one will be taken, one will be, one will, you know, one will be left. Yeah. And then the, the opening of chapter two it says, "And behold, he cometh with ten thousand of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to destroy all the ungodly." And that's Enoch, uh, chapter one, verse nine. Now how it works out is. The people that are turned into the zombies are the good people, you know, the God uh, raptures. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the zombies are the holy ones. So when, <laughs> when the holy ones scour the earth, we're really talking about zombies here. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like that. Uh, right, you know, and so it's kind of a ha-ha, hee-hee-ho-ho kind of thing where you wouldn't, you would never think of a zombie as being, you know, God's chosen you know, people, so to speak, but in a way they are. The souls are gone, and yeah. he's using their bodies as a vessel to purge the earth of all uh, all the quote unquote wicked people. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. And uh, and of course, when you get bit with the virus, it's not like you can die. You're not going to die. Yeah. So it kind of satisfies this next prophecy here or uh, scripture. It says, "Into the heaven they shall not ascend, and on the earth they shall not come. Such shall be a lot of the sinners who have denied the name of the Lord of Spirits, who are thus preserved for the day of suffering and tribulation." And that's Enoch forty-five two. Nice. There's lots of lots of awesome stuff. Lots of scripture. And is it none of this? This is not intended to be literal. This is yeah. not a religious book. This is a work of fiction for entertainment only. But like any preacher that takes takes uh, scripture excerpts of scripture for mm-hmm. their through their sermon yeah. I've done the same thing I've taken excerpts of scripture I've not changed a single word of scripture but I've taken it and applied it to sections in my story for the you know the particular message well yeah and not only this it also kind of ties in to to something you believe in because you know these these scriptures are things that you know a lot of us have heard throughout our lives and now they're taking on a different meaning and now it's like wait a minute this could actually happen. So I, I think that's the well, best it, part. That's what makes it scary, because it has the religion aspect involved. It has the potential. When I completed the novel, I sent it off to everybody involved to read it. Uh, the celebrities and stuff had to read it to sign off, sign their waiver, so it's saying that you know we could use their name and likenesses, and they were content with my depiction of them. And one, one of the... One of the one of the preachers, he emailed me back, and he said, "This is this is really creepy." He says, "And if if God ever decides, if God ever really hates man when he goes to destroy the world, he will read your book and do it this way." He said, <laughs> "It says it kind of creeped him out and scared him. He he didn't like it." Yeah. And a couple of the nurses I used, uh, based characters off of them, um, they wouldn't read past chapter three. They flat wow. wouldn't read it. It creeped them out too much. They said, "This is." This is too close to home. This is too real, and I just I can't even. Enter, it, it, it's too real to be entertainment. Um, yeah. So we're you know we're we're gonna sign off. You can use our likenesses, but we're not. I'm not reading it all. Yeah. And that was a well, huge that was a huge compliment. <clears throat> yeah, me. I mean that that's kind of the the scary thing that I, I when we talk about when it comes to zombies is zombies are could be people we know, and that's kind of the scary thing. But then putting yourself and reading about yourself in one of those books, I, I, that would be tough. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, because now, who knows, maybe your character ends up dying later in the, in the book. So, yeah. This this next scripture, and this will be the last one that I'll, I'll hit you guys with, 
Sure. This one is my favorite, and it's Old Testament, um, and it really hits close to home, and it really outlines zombies. There's not much of a question that it's talking about a zombie, and it's in Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So this is in the traditional canon. It says, And the Lord will send a plague on all nations. Their people will become like walking corpses, their flesh rotting away. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. Zechariah 14, 12. Hmm. Now, that's Old Testament. Oh, that, wow. That's, that's freaking zombies, and that's Old Testament. Now, yeah. if you read before and after Zechariah, it would seem to me that it's potentially um, talking about maybe a nuclear holocaust yeah. or something to that effect. But it doesn't um, It doesn't really specify. Yeah. Um, but whether it's in, in the Apocalypse of Enoch, the zombies there aren't technically zombies. They're not undead. Yeah. But they're clearly not. You know, clearly not people. So under that guise, Zechariah fits even more to the be zombies from the Apocalypse of Enoch. But when um. When someone asks me about it, you know, the, the thing I always say is, uh, you know, what does religion have to do with zombies? And I always answer everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in this way, definitely. Um, this puts a much different light on zombies, like you said. It makes it more believable. I I, I definitely want to I want to get a copy and read this book. This just sounds like the right way to do a zombie story, like I said earlier. Um, but tell you wow. what, um, Facebook me your email, and I'll okay. I'll send you an unedited um, PDF form, um, the same one that I submitted to my editor. And okay. if you want to review it, um, sure, you can uh, wow. you can have it to review. Yeah, we'd love to. That yeah, would tell be me, great. Uh, shoot, Facebook me your email, or uh, just tell me right now. Let's see. Let's go back here. I'm gonna actually gonna send it to our normal one. Just uh, info at dungeoncrawlersradio.com. Oh. That's just, yeah. Everyone knows that out there. Okay, repeating info at dungeoncrawlerradio.com. Is that two R's or one R? Dungeon Crawler, so Dungeon C R A W L E R S. Okay, Dungeon S. Okay. Then radio. Yep. Huh. Sweet, I can start reading a, a, a creepy zombie novel this evening. Yay! All right. <laughs> So, since you decided to use so many, uh, like, such a close representation of uh, uh, religious and, uh, and scientific uh, um, information about this, are you kind of worried about any sort of negative repercussions, like uh, um, activist, activist groups or people saying, don't read this book because it's that religious? Well, uh, yes and no. And, and I'll explain. Let me tell you the title of Chapter 1. And then you can tell me whether you think I'm concerned with religious activists. Um, the first chapter is titled God Hates Fags, and it opens with the Westboro Baptist cult ticketing a, a funeral. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to try to sue me. I've already prepared for it. I hope they do. I would love the publicity. And um, this is entertainment, and any group that wants to be ticked off and pick at me, I will thank them for the attention. Now, All right. the people... The people that I am worried about offending are the fans of the horror genre or yeah. fans of the zombie genre that feel that I didn't have not done the zombie story justice or that I have let them down. And those are the only people that I'm concerned with offending. Those are the those are the people that I wrote this story for and I wanna make I wanna make sure that they feel I've not taken uh, an inaccurate uh, liberty with the story that they know and love. Nice. Well, the rest of the rest of the groups, you know, if they don't like it, don't read it. You know, that's that's my thing. Great. Wow. All right, I think it's sent. I think it should be in your inbox. Okay. Let me just double check here. And it may take a moment. I'm getting something. It's it's loading. So. All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for that. We'll, I'll read over it and give you my thoughts on that. And I'll probably Lagoon and Joe glance over it as well. We'll get back to you on that. Now, yeah, far, we're, you know, we're running close out of time here. As far as uh, the the Walker, they can get the – that comes out in May? Yeah, the final yeah. book comes out in May. New Babel Books, but when Borders went down, it killed a couple of my publishers. Yeah. Um, including the publisher of my core series. So everything was bought by New Babel Books. Okay. And they're they're republishing everything. All of those will come out in um, probably within the next few months. All of the books will be out and available through New Babel Books. And New Babel's a um a pretty a pretty good publisher. Nice. So though you'll be able to go to any bookstore and get them uh, nationwide. Bill, pick them up online. Um, you can get them from their e-store. That's the easiest place. If okay. you just go to their website and get the e-store, it's a lot easier to shop there. Right. They'll be available in electronic print formats. Um, all the good, all, all the fixings. <laughs> nice. And then this releases June. Yeah, the zombie novel comes out. Uh, I believe it will launch at the same date as the convention. And uh, if you go to Contamination.com, that's the con- the uh, convention in St. Louis. It's run by Dave Dyer. He's a great guy. He's actually in the novel himself. Um, once we realized it would launch at his show, just like it did in the novel, I wanted to actually include his show in the novel so it would be even more creepier when you're there at the launch. And I went back in and kind of uh, plugged that in. Instead of making it a generic convention, I plugged it in and made it you know, made it his convention, which realistically makes it even more creepy because now it's even more real. Yeah. Everything in it is real. If you, if a character Googles something in the story and you Google it, you should come up with, you know, the same thing that they do. <laughs> uh, because nice. I had the character, you know, if a character Googles something, I hit Google and search to see what they would find. So it, nice. all, it all fits in. But, yeah, that should, I'm pretty sure it's June 18th. I'm just okay. shooting off the top of my head. <laughs> this is two days shy of my uh, anniversary. Great! Woohoo! Very nice. nice. The zombie apocalypse comes on my ten-year anniversary. Awesome. Yay! Well, <laughs> well, we'll have to keep in touch and see what happens uh, with this book. Uh, you know, thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, we've enjoyed it, and it's 
sounds like you're just you know just really being successful with everything you touch. And so you're like the man with the golden touch right now. It seems like even stuff you don't want to do is like becoming super popular. So. Well, you know, and my thing is I I'm I turned pro in 2008, and yeah. my lights are on because I write books. There's no other reason for it, and um, I don't have any delusions of grandeur. Um, so my focus is just on the quality of the writing, and I think if if I make a good product, the money will come. And I think I've been pretty consistent throughout with that. So I understand this is a business, but I don't I don't I don't have any needs in my life. So there's no reason for me to quote unquote sell out. So I always continue to try to make something that is the best it can be. And I, in the long run, it looks to me that my you know it's it's showing my fans and stuff that you know, they're staying supportive and they're interested in what I'm doing because I'm not just slapping a bunch of work on book and selling it, I'm trying to sell it because my name's on it. Yeah. Well, and that's that's really good ethics to keep to. You know. You, you want to put out something that's quality, but still remains true to yourself and your fans. So uh, that's great. Yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, you know we're out of time. I apologize, but uh, we'll let you go now. And thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Again, yeah. I apologize for coughing and hacking. Yeah. No problem. Um, get 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 well. Yeah, no, not a problem at all. Thank you. Great. Great. Yeah, maybe I'll well, get some of the other uh, guys, characters from the Apocalypse of Enoch, like Matt Hill and stuff, on your show. All right, that'll work. All, All right, right, guys, thanks for coming thanks out. For we'll, me. we'll see you later, Shane. All right, bye bye. Yeah, bye. All right. Well, that was. That just sounds like more. an awesome book. It does. And sitting in with us now is Dan Wells. Hello, Dan. There we go. I should turn okay. on the mic. Hello again, <laughs> I say. As he as he wanders in. So we've moved from killer zombies to... Uh, Zombie killers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zombie killers. And we... I think Nikki's on the line as well. Is, is she there? Hello? 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 Hello. So, so we're doing this thing a little weird because, uh, well... We had a bunch of different conflicts suddenly come up at the last minute. Oh, wow. So I'm the only one here, and everyone else is on the phone. Oh, okay. So it's a little different. That That's cool. So who, who are we on with? So we got Flagoon on. Okay. Which Hello? I don't think you've met yet. I don't believe so. Hi. No. So that's Flagoon. And then we have, of course, Nikki. Oh, you, you have? Have you? Have yeah, you we met her back in October when you were uh, oh, promoting. That's right. Okay. There we go. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm awesome. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him. Yes, yet, so. and, and Nikki. But you were at um, Conduit. I was. I, I was a Conduit. Yeah, he may have met you there. She was sitting yeah. at her table. She had that, the ears. Okay, dressed as like an elf. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay yeah. And, I got gotcha. And won the token from Same. Tracy because she survived Killer Breakfast. Nicely done. Yeah. Oh, my, my only claim to fame. <laughs> yep. Claim to fame. Hey, that's a big one though. Did the thriller dance and Tracy could that, kill her. That is a, uh, with what I've seen, that is a feat to match to, to match all triumphs. Yes, <laughs> it is. Well, I have to I have to figure out a, a new way for Rev to introduce me because that's that's my my catchphrase. And this is Nikki, the girl that survived. <laughs> no, hey, it can never get old. It's Tracy Hickman and Killer Breakfast. It can never get old, but it's just like. Yeah, I- hmm. <laughs> be fun but yay hello everyone there 
Better? Yeah. All, All right. right. So, yeah, oh. I, mean, I only lasted four minutes and 38 seconds. <laughs> and you lasted, like, almost two hours. <laughs> two hours? Uh, yes. Yeah. I guess it... I know. <laughs> well, I guess it and does she, say something when you have to nuke the entire group. Um, yeah. And you were sitting next to a person with tuberculosis, tuberculosis and the plague, and you still lived. I, I did. I still lived. And yeah. I rolled a and couple of natural 20s. That's yeah. just a feat in itself. I'm dangerous yeah. with guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have Dan in. After the Blue and Gold Banquet you just attended. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. Blue, Blue and Gold Banquet, Cub Scout thing. Yeah, mine's tomorrow night. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There, well, I should I should say that typically <laughs> yeah. you have to go to these things and mm-hmm. you just kind of smile and, and pretend and you're not. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. However, our wolf leader, our yeah. wolf den leader, owns a Thai restaurant. Nice. So, so our blue and gold banquet was actually pretty rad. Once yeah, we see, got to the food see ours tomorrow, I, I'm one of the wolf leaders. So. Do you own a Thai restaurant, I don't. Revan? No. Well, then, I'm I not wish. coming to your blue yeah. and gold banquet. No. No, we're, we're just sacrificing a pig. And doing some weird dance well, with spears. Cool. Yeah. You know that that still sounds really cool though. Yeah. Pig sacrifices are underrated. Especially. No, the the pig's actually a uh, eight year old Japanese boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well then. Okay. Okay, this this suddenly turned really? different. Maybe I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> and and where's this at? I kind of want to check this out. Really yeah. <laughs> it got really creepy there. So. Uh, exciting thing is, your partials book is coming out yes. very soon. Uh, my new book is coming out uh, one week from today. Nice. I have tons of Thank people you. like hitting me up wanting to find out how to get a copy. Well, I have your copy in my car. Sweet. But I don't know if hey, no. that's no, they, they, they would just want to know where to buy it. <laughs> where? I mean, like Anywhere uh, fine books are sold. Nice. You know, one week when? from today, February 20, well, what's today? Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, 28th. Um, uh, I'm signing in Salt Lake City. Nice. At Sam, Sam Weller's Wellers. new place. It's called Weller Book Barn or Weller Book Where is that something. at? It's in Charlie Square. They moved oh, to okay. a new location. And it's really cool. Nice. So not only is the location better, but the store is bigger and it has parking. But it's really nice. neat. I, I like the old one. It was kind of quaint. The you other had... one had some cool characters. Yeah, it did. It. But... But you know the parking the, thing, the kind of people that could park there and, and reach it. Yeah, really appreciated the character. Um, and then on the 29th, Wednesday the 29th, I'll be in Utah Valley at the Orem Barnes and Noble. Nice signing there. I may have to come to that one. That one's closer. And if you don't live in Utah, then I am touring with it. But I don't know off the top of my head where any of those are or when they are. But it's all on my website. Nice. So you are going to be traveling. Soon. Yes. Yes. This book's coming out from Balzer and Bray which puts me in with um, Harper. Nice. And Harper Teen actually does what they call the Dark Days Tour, which mm-hmm. is really cool. They'll get uh, three or four young adult dark fantasy horror authors together and okay. send them all around in a group. So, wow. you know, you can come for one of the other authors that you like, mm-hmm. and then I will sign your book while you're there. Nice. So are you going to be at HorrorCon? The end of March. I am. I'm going to be at World Horror. I don't know what I'm going to be doing there, oh, other okay. than kind of shadowing Jonathan Mayberry and... I don't know, but yeah, I'll be there. Nice. I'll be there quite excitedly. Getting the what? It comes what every four years or something. No, it it just travels. It just travels. It's it's not like it's on a circuit. It goes somewhere different every time. Oh. 
they came back to Salt Lake after I think four years, yeah. maybe five, because Salt Lake did a really good job with it last time. Okay. Um, I don't know if it'll be back again mm-hmm. because I've talked to uh, quite a few people that uh, I said, hey, so are you going to be at World of Horror this year? And they said, no, nah, I've done Salt Lake before. Mm. So yeah. they're, they're missing out on some people because because it's been here. You know, it's it's their vacation and they don't want to spend their vacation in a Salt city Lake. they've already seen. So okay. Well, it's not that it's Salt Lake. Salt Lake doesn't really turn people off. But well, I've already been there. Been and, there. There's yeah. not a lot to do unless you want to go skiing, and mm-hmm. that's not which is not happening this year. Yeah, it's not really great this year, but no, not really. I just really hate how it's really nice on Saturday and then it snows Sunday morning. Like every week, and, and it's supposed to do it again this week. Wow, well, okay. I'm just every, every and that's why uh, everyone every ends up hacking and coughing. Yep, everyone comes down with the zombie flu. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. That's exactly how it's going to start. That yep. whole astronomical shift. Everyone's just going to catch a cold and turn into zombies from the amounts of bear flu and whatnot that we'll be drinking just to get to work nice. and stuff. Awesome. I don't know. I, I like the idea where the rapture <laughs> hits and everyone's soul ascends and the bodies left become the, the raven of zombies. zombies. Yeah. That'd be cool. I think that if I were God yeah. and that was my plan, that that would be a fairly poor plan. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> fairly poor plan. It'd be mildly not a good plan. <laughs> you never know. That's okay. If I were God, you'd all be in trouble anyway. Yes. So. This, this, is, this is true from what I hear, but you're a pretty fun God. Well, just participate in one of Dan's games. You'll find out how how God can be crazy. Actually, I'm pretty good as a GM. I'm not one of those evil player-killing GMs. Oh, okay. No. So you're... I, I will put people through horrible experiences as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want it? you want to hear a sure. recent story? Yes, let's do it. Yeah. So, as I've said many times, yes. on this very show, I'm running a big uh, Legend of the Five Rings. Yes with other authors like Larry Correa and Paul Jeanette, yep. book reviewers, Steve Diamond and Nick Dean So anyway, uh, they've been co- they've been accruing a rather large group of NPCs. Yeah. Like their soldiers that follow them around and help them out. And we just had a big mass battle siege. And uh, I don't really... I, I, I love 4th edition Legend of the Five Rings, but I don't like their mass battle system. So I tweaked it. Okay. And I my, my tweaks were basically they could... Spend their followers to to do stuff. Mm-hmm. They could basically, you know, sacrifice their own NPCs in order to accomplish things. Nice. And so that was wonderful because then every time they wanted to do something, Larry Korea would have to sit there and look. And he had painted because oh, he's obsessive no. and bizarre. He's painted a miniature <laughs> for every NPC in the group. Oh, no. And so he would wow. sit there with them all arrayed before him, and I'd say, "Okay, you got to kill four. Who are they going to be?" <laughs> and you know, they oh. they fiction about these characters. Yeah. They painted minis of these characters, and now one of them had to sacrifice himself bravely. Mm. And their favorite NPC died. Nice. You're cruel. Sad, you are brutal. Awesome. You are an evil and tormentive guy. Well, yeah, that's, you know. It's one thing to kill their yeah. favorite NPC. It's yeah. another to make have them, them do kill it. their yeah. own NPC. That, I like. I definitely like that when you talk about the uh, companion field. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Exactly. I actually I, I can relate to that. That was that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice. I I don't know. I I think it's those sort of situations that kind of <clears throat> really push you to your limits as a player. I just um funny. Here's my geeky moment. I just started getting involved in LARPing, and I was talking with a friend of mine. Yeah, I heard that snicker. Leave me alone. Hey. You've all you've all done it once upon a time. Tabletop or not, you've all been LARPers. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh that's, yeah. That's, that's not LARP. <laughs> You have any LARP? It. I looked into it, but I never LARPed. I, I saw that. I saw that them out in the field. And I'm like, no, that's too geeky for me. You know, it's and it's a lot. Of, it's been a lot of fun. And I was telling a friend of mine, creating my character. If I can connect to my character, whether I'm rolling for a D and D or a LARP situation, I think it's just kind of boring. And if the DM or the GM or whatever he called himself um, kills my character, and I can. Feel myself tear up. That's an amazing character and one heck of a DM. So I think that for me, if if I don't go through a challenge with my character, then the game's not even worth playing to begin with. I agree. The way to be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Yes, I I'm actually I'm, there. There's a, a LARPing movie coming out this summer. Ooh, wow. Um, Unicorn City. Well, Unicorn City. Unicorn I just City. saw the billboards for. And I know that one's coming out soon. You guys, you had them on your show yesterday, didn't you? Yesterday, and yeah. we're actually giving out free tickets. Well, but there, there's yep. another one. The, okay. the one with uh, Peter Dinklage. The Knights of Badassdom. I have I not heard of that. You have, what? I haven't either. Okay. Wow, really? It's got um, Abed from Community, and it oh, has Peter okay. Dinklage, and it has um, River Cam. What's her name? I can't think of it. The, the the chick from Firefly, who all of a sudden my mind is blank and I can't remember who she is. Uh-oh. But yeah. anyway, so it's got all these people in it and, and many more. And it's a group of LARPers who, uh, while they're at a Ren Fair or something, um, accidentally get a real summoning book and summon a oh, no. that starts killing everyone. And so it's a <laughs> horror movie, but it's all about LARPers. I think it looks awesome. Wow. And I'm uh, wondering, the reason I mentioned that is Summer Glue? Glow? Yeah, Summer Glow. That's yeah. who it is. Yeah. Um, and so, seriously. The night? You know, of Summer Glow and Peter Dinklage in a movie about LARPing. Is LARPing going to take off? Like, Possibly. is it going to become more popular with a movie like that? I don't know. I don't know. It would be kind of nice. Popular. I think it's just going to be, I think it's going to just lose its stigma as much as it's had in the past. Uh, in the past, I don't think it's going to be making a full comeback like Magic did, but at least, yeah. at least come out of the closet. Well, I can well look, see what, that. look what it's done. Well, look what the media has done for steampunk lately. That's kind of been my genre. I can say I ran with for a long time. With mm-hmm. the Castle episode, people just all of a sudden started going ballistic. It's like, what is this cool thing? And Joel Byrne and the Time Machine and blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, oh well, yeah. it's steampunk. But then I think like a lot of subgenres, people are inherited lazy, and in my mind, they won't really <laughs> invest the time to continue being interested in it to where they'll get involved, but I think it'll definitely bring it to the public eye a little bit more, and like he said, lose the basement-dwelling 40 and mom's house, keep the face, greasy hair, troll aspect that a lot of people kind of relate LARPing to. Yeah. So people who look like me. Yeah, Steve's on. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. I, no, not like you. Stop that. Now, now, <laughs> I almost walked into that one. Castle and yes. Castle steampunk episode. I, I'm not a fan of the show in general, but I love 
all, I mean, as, as many times as they possibly can, they'll throw in some huge geeky thing. They're like mm-hmm. this mainstream cop show, but yeah. also championing all of this geek culture stuff. I, I really like that. I, yeah, and I appreciate that, too, as a geek. It's, it's nice to see, I don't know, a little bit of interest or appreciation, or especially for the fact they actually take the time to study a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Before they put it the show and they present it, yeah, yeah well, a little bit of respect is a good point because, yes. I mean, it's so rare to see my geek culture mm-hmm. represented respectfully yes. in media. Yeah, you know, even the <laughs> we're show, always like, the butt Big of everyone's joke. Yeah, Big Bang Theory is about geek, and it's still all about how stupid we are. Yes, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Sheldon, you have to go pretty far to find yeah. a show that doesn't treat gamers as automatically. You know, troll locks yes. or whatever. Troll locks yeah, like or losers or. Raj that can't talk to a woman unless he's on a, has alcohol and. Yeah. Is, What's mm-hmm. up yeah. with that? I mean, it's funny. I love the show, but it's just. Now yeah. I have to point out a British show called The IT Crowd. Oh, I love that. That show, I mean, Moss is yes. inhumanly weird. Yes. But uh, the show in general is very respectful of yeah. culture. They love it. You can tell they're invested in it too. I love when Moss tries to relate his whole life to to role playing, and mm-hmm. and then he can. Uh, I'm gonna roll a d20 for this. Yeah. Oh, I've never I've never heard it before. Oh, never it never is heard a, of the IT crowd. Oh, it, it's even I, on I have it. I'm sorry. Okay, I've, I've heard of it. I just have no idea where to find it. Netflix. It, you can stream it over Netflix. We we we've already discussed. I don't have Netflix. Well, oh. Then, oh, no. I don't know what to tell you. Do you have a computer? I can give you my login just to, to watch. Don't say that Aww. in public. I'm not saying uh, over the computer, the computer I have right, oh, the computer I have right okay. now really And can't suddenly everybody right starts paying attention to the show even more yeah. with a what pen and a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What we need to do is have an IT crowd party. Yes. I have like the first season. I enjoy it. I'm going to have to go see that movie now. I know. That looks awesome. It has a great cast. And uh, yeah, I've never even heard about that. I, I, okay, well, everyone it, go and watch me. the trailer. Yes, I'm going to. So, uh, and we can, like, link to the trailer on the, the Dungeon Crawler's yep, Facebook we page will. or something. Yeah, so on the Facebook page it, and, and it's our awesome. page as well. Especially because, and, and, and you'll have to fill me in on Unicorn City, yes. it's, it, it's also about role yes, players, right? Basically, it's about a bunch of role players that, Chat up the MC and go larping, okay. and it's yep. it's hilarious. That, that sounds and awesome. it's actually and it's got awesome a lot of locals here. here too that are in it. So some that of the people that are hopefully right. showing up yeah. are local. It's, yeah, it's uh, most of it's filmed up out uh, up by up the canyon up by Alpine. Right. Uh, there's a couple scenes in Hasters. So it's cool. definitely filmed here. You can just watching it, you can see uh, it's kind of a mix. They're calling it a mixture between Monty Python, Search for the Holy Grail, and Napoleon Dynamite. That sounds awesome. So, yeah. Now, now uh, Pastors, Yes. the guy that runs Pastor Hobby, Bob, yeah. Bob he's also uh, an actor. Yeah, he actually has a part in that. Is he? Yeah, That's awesome. He's in there. Yeah, I used to do shows with him when I, I bet he doesn't even remember because I was so young. Wow. But it, he's like 20 that years ago. That is really cool. Like plays or yeah, uh, a lot of community theater. I was in a couple shows with him. You did community theater. I did community theater. I would never have guessed that. I did. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Wow. That, that Rev, you're, that, you're dusty and radar's way off, man. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it but it makes sense now when he's reading. It, it, yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> oh, speaking of acting, I have to I have to go myself to create my character for All our right. module. But well, it's nice we're to talk to everybody. One. We lost Joe. Now we're losing Nikki. Adios. Nice to meet you, Nikki. Yep. It, it will be nice to physically meet you, but it's always good to hear from you. And it will happen one day. <laughs> one day. One before day. the end of the world. Soon, I hope. One day, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you well, guys have a steam-tastic night. All right. Did she just say steam-tastic night? She said something-tastic. I All didn't right. hear the first half of it. <laughs> I think she said steam. I think it was steam. Yeah. Steam, huh? However, if you want to see Unicorn City, we have extra tickets. Dude, yes. When is Thursday it? night. This Thursday 7 night? o'clock at Jordan Commons. I might actually be able to swing that. And, I, yeah, how many? You want enough for you and your wife? Even the, the guys that game, we can get 20 of them. Yeah, yeah. Give, me, give me a couple extras and I'll... Okay. Uh, how many? I don't know. I'll give them away on my website or Twitter or something and okay. bring somebody with me. And okay. So, make this six, happen. eight... I would bring Howard, but it's his writing group night. Okay. I don't know what time is it. Seven o'clock on yeah, Thursday. Seven o'clock and. Okay. Well, I'll 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 take a few. Yeah. So put you down for eight. Sure. Oh, Whoa! What was that? Cow. What Man. was that? Our radio that, connection did that not. That could have been me. I was covering my mic trying to not stop. All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, we had them on last night, and they want the pack. I mean, they've got the largest theater at Jordan Commons, so mm-hmm. it's 600 people. 400 of that's already RSVP. And they want to pack the rest with gamers and geeks and just people that are going to enjoy this. Sweet. Because so, they may be able to turn it into a TV series. That? I could see yeah. that working. Yeah. So it's got... Got a little bit of everything. You got the awkward gamers. You know, you got the mm-hmm. the couple that just is macking it out at the table, and everyone just kind of tries to ignore them and keeps playing. Yep. You got the the GM that's just trying to be elaborate and fancy, and just really doesn't know the <laughs> rules. Cool. So, my favorite part still when he slams the sword through the table because he's just so frustrated with the GM. So, and then they try to LARP, and the way they do it's hilarious. No. Magic missile and there's they use a firecracker <laughs> <laughs> or not a firecracker uh, bottle rocket that's right a bottle rocket okay. uh, attached to some fish twine so it flies straight towards the target <laughs> so it's interesting how they do it but so all right we'll put well, you down for some cool. of those and I'm give you some extra tickets and there, there there's going to be cupcakes, cupcakes and all sorts of other some fun stuff they're doing nice so. Now, as far as partials, I yes. know we kind of hinted at it before because mm-hmm. it wasn't really official yet. So what is the story behind partials? Okay, partials. Partials is a uh, post-apocalyptic science fiction book. Okay. Okay. Eleven years ago, in partial world, uh, we, as you know, our nation was involved in this big unwinnable war mm-hmm. and built... Uh, you know, we, we built these artificial people, basically. Not okay. robots, but, you know, genetically engineered some soldiers. Okay. Grew them in vats. They went out, won the war for us, came back, and were kind of treated as second-class citizens. They're not really human. They're just the things we made. Yeah. But they think they get rights, and, you know, there was this whole issue. So, anyway, they had an uprising. 
they uh, released a virus that uh, sub subsequently destroyed human civilization entirely. Wow. And so, 11 years later, there's about 40,000 human beings left on the continent. They've actually all congregated together in Long Island. And uh, this disease that wiped everyone out is still around. Mm. And, uh, you know, these survivors were immune to it for whatever reason, but none of the children thus far have been. So they've been 11 years without any new children whatsoever, and they're really starting to get worried that they're just going to go extinct. So uh, the main character's name is Kira. She's 16 years old. She's studying to be a doctor, mm -hmm. um, and she's kind of dedicated her life to curing this plague. Oh, nice. And so she, uh, the story follows her as she tries to do that and deal, of course, with the various political problems on the island and the rebels that are trying to blow things up and then the partials, of course, that no one's seen for 11 years and people don't know where they are or what they're doing. So. Gotcha. So there's maybe the possibility they're still roaming out there and weren't affected by the mm -hmm. virus. Yeah. But no one really knows. Yeah, the... Uh, they, they appeared to be immune to it. Mm -hmm. Once humans started dying and partials didn't, uh, the partials kind of just stopped attacking. And nobody knows why. Nobody knows where they went. Pretty sure they're still out there. But, you know, all the, the people that remember yeah. the old world are basically too scared to, to try anything. Yeah. You know, the last time we messed with the partials, they killed 90 gazillion of us. Yeah. Uh, so it falls to the kids, you know. Kira was five years old when the world ended. She doesn't remember what life used to be like. Yeah. She doesn't feel like she's lost anything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're they're more ready to move on, and uh, so she concocts various plans to uh, try to figure out how this virus works. So there's a lot right. of science in it. Yeah. A lot of medicine, a lot of research, but there's also a lot of things blowing up, a lot of gunfights, a lot of monsters and rebels and evil things. And so is it fun? Doing the research for the, the medical side of yeah, things. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, I, I many times researching for this book, I thought back to my high school biology teacher and thought, yeah. "Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Eckberg, you taught me well and wisely." Yes. So, uh, you know, I still had to do a lot of research yeah. to be able to figure out all these various things. Um, but uh, the, the file folders were already there in the brain. I just had to put uh, paper in them. So. Nice. It worked well. So besides the, the medical side of things, you also had the science side where she's trying to come up with the mm -hmm. the the cure, I guess. Yeah. So you had to research some of that as well. I had to do a lot of research in that. Um, the really fun research that I got to do for this book is what happens to the world when there aren't any people left. Yeah. You know, because this oh, is that an apocalypse. Like but but it's not a nuclear apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a lot of fun because. You know, it, it's a different kind of thing. I grew up in the Cold War. Yeah. And, you know, I thought the world would end with nuclear bombs. Yeah. Destroying everything and we'd all be Mad Max in the desert. And uh, this was a plague. Yeah. So all the people are dead, but all our stuff is still here. Yeah. And so, you know, the world that Kira lives in is kind of halfway between a hell and a paradise. Yeah. There's no little or no electricity you know, there's not a lot of the amenities that we think of. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no way to refine gasoline. And gasoline doesn't last very long, so nobody has cars. They all yeah. ride horses. But on the other hand, you know, 40,000 people on Long Island, every single one of them lives in an enormous house. Yeah. Um, they don't have to, you know, assuming they don't want fresh food, there's enough canned food to go around that's still good 11 years later. Yeah. Um, all the food that they want. Um, I mean, if 
if I lived in that world, I would have the best board game collection you have yeah. ever seen. I would live in a library. Just start rating. You know, there's all kinds of really cool stuff. But on the other hand, you know, the world's dead. So it's kind of like they're living in this, you know, the carcass of our civilization. And uh, it's, so it was an interesting thing. And, and learning, you know, well, what happens? Um, I, I remember reading a uh, zombie book a year or two ago that's set in New York. And one of the ways that they are able to avoid the, avoid the zombie is, is that they go down and through the subway tunnels. And I thought, well, that's cool, but would that actually work? And I and I, I I'm afraid I don't remember the name of the book, which is probably good because I shouldn't be bad mouthing other people's books. It was a really good book. It's just this one one aspect of it. Once I re- did the research, um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but Manhattan pumps like thousands of tons of water out of their subway system every day. Mm-hmm. Um, if those pumps ever stopped working, the very first rainstorm would flood that subway system almost to the ceiling. Wow. Because it yeah. is, the entire subway system exists below the water table. Yeah. So, you know, that in itself is kind of a cool idea mm-hmm. that I, I haven't decided I'm going to use for anything yet, but the fact that there's all these cool underwater rivers in yeah. uh, Manhattan is kind of neat. That is. So anyway, things like that, I, it's really interesting, you know. What, how, how long does it take a building to fall apart? When there's nobody taken care of, yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun with the, the upkeep and the maintenance and that. But you're right. I mean, there's tons of buildings, homes that they can live in. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just look at some of the TV series, and there's some pretty big, elaborate oh, yeah. mansions just around Long Central Island Park. Freaking nuts. Well, and, and then Manhattan. Yeah. So. Manhattan is kind of the no man's land. It's like oh. the, the demilitarized zone okay. between the humans all on Long Island yeah. and then the partials who are. Somewhere on the mainland, they're, yeah, sure. they're not entirely certain where. Um, but now, has the virus affected you know wildlife, you know, no plants and animals? Humans only. Okay. It was it was uh, very specifically tailored to find and kill human beings. So there's still the possibility of rowing a little boat out and catching some fish. Then. Mm-hmm. They've got a uh, lot of fish. They eat sushi all the time. Nice. Uh, they've you know there's golf courses and football fields and stuff all over Long Island so people have started farms and you know if you want yeah. fresh food then they've got that yeah but they make you work for it yeah whereas if you just want to be slacker and nothing well then get you know, go scavenge in the grocery store because yeah. there's going to be plenty and you can definitely pick up Twinkies so <laughs> <laughs> yes wow <laughs> nice zombie land reference yes <laughs> Everyone loves Twinkies, even though I don't like the taste of them much anymore. Have you ever, have you ever deep fried one? I love deep fried Twinkies. Andale. See, I, I do not like Twinkies, <coughs> but you batter them, fry them, yep. put some like strawberry jam on them. Oh, yeah. Holy crap, yeah. that's one of the most delicious things in see, the world. See, I've gone back and I ate Twinkies after Zombieland because I'm like, okay, I haven't had Twinkies in forever. <laughs> And now I know why I haven't had Twinkies in forever. They're not that they're, great. They're not good. But then I had a friend tell me about that. I tried. Oh my gosh! It's mm. every good. every time I've tried uh, to fry zombies, I've always or not zombies, but fry Twinkies. Fry it's zombies? always been after a good night of drinking, so it yeah. usually doesn't end up really well. Well, I, I would assume fried zombies doesn't work as well either. So it doesn't no, smell very good. It's fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Blowtorch. Zombie, but I have to ask, where are you getting the zombie from? Oh, you don't need to know that. Okay, all right. 
Coast Guard Secret. I yeah, gotcha. the supplier. Yep. That was the guy. The Alaska <laughs> Secret, actually. Nice. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. So, so Partial is awesome, and you should all read it. Now, is this a, a, one, a standalone, or is no, this planned to be a series? No, this is the first of a trilogy. And nice. I am right now writing the second book in the trilogy. Wow. Which I don't have a title for yet, because I picked one, and then they changed it. That's okay. <laughs> It'll work out. And, you know, that's, I'm cool with that, because they, you know, the way my editor put it, he's like, you know, you're the one who knows how to write books, but they're the ones who know how to sell books. Yes. And I'm like, you know, that's a really good point. Yeah. So if, my title, do you do. if they don't like my title, then they're, they know better than I do. Yeah. So I'm not certain what the final title will be, but it won't be Failsafe, which won't is the one, fail I, safe. the one I picked. Okay. It'll be something else. Might be something similar, but not the same. You know, the one they've got proposed right now is Fragments, hmm. which is kind of neat. Yeah. you got Partials, yeah. Fragments. Partials, and then Fragments. It seems to follow along. Yeah. So, the yeah. Thing. They know what they're doing. Yes. And you know what you're doing. That's, yeah. It sounds like a great book. You know, you wrapped up uh, the I'm Not a Serial Killer mm-hmm. uh, series, which for is now. gone. For now. For now. There will be for more now. John Cleaver books. More? But oh, I, boy. In a couple of years. Okay. So yeah. he, he, it'll be college years then, maybe, when he shows back I up. am. I am not certain. Okay. I mean, I want to write more because yeah. John Cleaver's a really fun character. But I don't know. I have no idea if mm-hmm. it's going to be him in college or him... Just you know, screw college, and he'll run the mortuary, or okay. you know, the ending of "I Don't Want to Kill You" leaves a lot of really yeah. interesting potential for where it could go next. So. Nice, very nice. I'm I'm excited to, to see that. Yeah, the 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 thing I have to do now, I have to finish second partial book, and then I have to finish Stream Makeover, which is my cloning book. Nice. And I'm halfway through with that one, and then I have to finish the third partial book. <laughs> And then I will have time then to write a go new back. John Cleaver book, and I don't know what it will be about. I like extre- how it'll you've be used- about John Cleaver trying not to kill things. Not okay. kill things. I know it nice. will be about that. But. Yeah, I like how you've used Extreme Makeover and use it as a cloning. Yeah, but, yeah, we've had yeah, it on told TV. You about that book? Haven't heard about it yet. Okay, that book is called Extreme Makeover Apocalypse Edition. Nice. And uh, nice. My, editor loves, my editor loves the title, so if we can get away with it legally, that's totally going to be the title. Nice. But it's, uh, I used to work for a lot of uh, like health and beauty companies. Yeah. And uh, because there's a ton around you, so. And uh, so one day I was, I was watching a movie about cloning, and I thought I want to I want to do a cloning story because that's awesome, mm-hmm. you know. I want to do a scene where a guy meets himself in the store. Yes. And you know that kind of identity crisis is what really attracted me to the idea of cloning. But I didn't want to do the same cloning story that everyone else has ever yeah. done. So I started to think, well, what could I combine it with to make it weird and new and different? And thought, you know, the one branch of science that I know really well is the health and beauty industry because I worked there for six years. Yeah. And so I thought, I, I came up with the idea of a, a lotion company, a hand lotion company that accidentally creates a hand lotion that will overwrite your DNA. So once the okay. lotion imprints on me, mm-hmm. then anyone else who touches that lotion will turn into me, a, a genetic copy of me. So it'll nice. be like you're my identical twin. You know, there will be subtle differences. Yeah. You'll still have your own memories, yeah. but you'll have my body. Yeah. Um, and so... So if you want to look like Hugh Grant or you know, exactly. Sandra Bullock That's or anything like that, you can look like product that. product yeah. ever made. 
Yeah, nice. It's also, unfortunately, one of the most powerful weapons ever made, yeah. and so everybody wants it. Yes. And uh, it gets out of hand very quickly, and the title itself kind of clues you into how that's going to yes. end. But uh, it was it was it's such a fun book, and uh, I had to put it on the back burner in order to get uh, partials mm-hmm. finished, and now partials too. That was a, a project that kind of came up as a big opportunity. I had to jump on, so. Uh, it, it sounds like it's going well. I, I've kind of seen a trailer on, out on Facebook. For partials? For partials. Yes, there's a trailer for partials. Now, and this is for the book, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just a book trailer, but we... Uh, almost looks like you could just it could be a movie, honestly. Well, see, and we did that on purpose. Yeah. It's ironic that you, that you say it could be a movie, because the reason we did the trailer the way we did is because we specifically didn't want to do the fake movie trailer yeah. kind of idea. And you mm-hmm. see that a lot in book trailers. Yeah. Book trailers, I think, are very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of kind of old school publishing people and authors who've been around for a while really don't like them because we never used to have them, mm-hmm. and so why do we need them now? Which is a ridiculous attitude, but whatever. Um, but the problem you see with a lot of book trailers is that they're trying to be movie trailers. Mm-hmm. But you know, when your budget is like $2,000 compared to two million dollars, yeah. you don't have the kind of effect budget or acting budget or makeup budget or anything. And yes. so a lot of book trailers are, you know, slow pans across still photos yes. and things like that. And some people have done some really amazing stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I don't want to knock good book trailers because there are some very good book trailers. But we decided that we wanted to do something different. And so we went for the found footage idea. Mm-hmm. Um and so this book trailer is basically um, a fragment of an investor's video made by Paragen, which is the company that created the partials back during the war. Yeah. Um, and so it's basically this kind of soft voice narration. As this person talks like this about all the amazing financial benefits you can have when you invest in our company with our amazing new product. And their new product is people that we grow in a tub. And so it, there's this uh, cool element of, you know, hubris to it. Mm-hmm. That there's, it, as a book trailer, it's odd because it doesn't ever actually tell you what the book's about. It never even mentions the main character. Wow. But it piques people's interest because it's, it's, you know, very obviously, you know, Pride cometh before the fall kind yeah. of thing. You watch them talk all about these amazing powers that they're just not necessarily using very intelligently. Hmm. So it was fun. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I love the little voiceover. So we're going to still go beyond the 90 seconds. Even though it says 90 seconds, that just means the live broadcast ends. Oh. We still record. Our live people are, yeah. are going to leave us in 90 so, seconds. But... You can come back and listen to the archive, and you'll be able to listen beyond that. Just well, okay. so everyone knows that. Well, that sounds good to me. We're going to continue on. Well, I am going yeah, to Will this also uh, keep me on the uh, phone, or it will keep am you. I going to be getting booted? Yeah, it'll still we keep you on. You. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll run a, a, a song to, to close it out, uh, take a, you know, a little break here, and then we'll be right back. Okay, well, goodbye, dear live listeners. Yes. Uh, You've been wonderful. Everyone that wants to listen, just come back in an hour. You can listen to the rest of the show at the end. So we will be back shortly. Mm -hmm. 
ride. He doesn't pay much. Not oh, <laughs> unless you're a morning show or an afternoon. Uh-huh. No, I know. Uh, hey, don't make any money for your budget. Almost all of it just writes that in. That I can put, yeah. So is this great audio? Yeah. Well, I'm playing some. It's basically, I found out a group that's off here. It takes both 8 video games. They've been matched. Oh. Really? Yeah. Hey, there was a video going around a month or so ago. It's a live band from the Peggy Band. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yes. Uh, 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 so it's amazing what happens when you're on. So did you start at six? Yeah. Sorry, I missed. Don't worry about it. I was able to speak Archive so, yeah, 
And Flagoon is back. We're all here. And yeah, I could, I could hear Whoa. you guys talking during all the show, all the songs. You did? <laughs> yeah. You'd be coming in and out, but I'd be, I'd be hearing snippets of your conversation. That's really weird because the mics were off. Well, yeah, it's not. That's odd. Yeah, they were all off. Was picking us up. They were all off. Okay. Well. Well. Okay. Uh, maybe you could hear, and or maybe the rest maybe of the world. Maybe you're just us. spiritually attuned to yes. us. If not, um, they didn't hear anything. They, no one should. No heard. one listens to music anyway. Yeah. So we're back. We're going to talk more with Dan Wells and awesome. all the amazing stuff. Now we do have to mention one thing. Okay. What do we have to mention? The Epic Showdown's no longer on our show. Really? Because because I screwed it up. No, because you made it so epic that we can't top it. Really? Yeah. You're like now spreadsheet one. Spreadsheet one. So what are we gonna do next? No. Uh. Yeah. Well, literally, we we have because now we're at two hours. We're not mm-hmm. the three. We just haven't had time to put it back in. We tried putting it on Facebook, and no one is really doing it because well, it's just not the same. That's too bad. I like the epic showdown. So we may have to bring it back. I was all excited to come here tonight and see yeah. how I got to ruin it again. Ruin it again? Yeah. By which I mean make it more awesome. Make it more awesome. He makes no. it more awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's that's how Flagoon says. He's putting the positive spin on everything. Okay. Yeah? So no showdown. Sorry. It's okay. But, I can dig it. But, yeah, yeah we... We do the Gamer Forge. That's been going well. Talk about gaming. Nice. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have anything tonight, though. Really? Yeah, no one emailed in. Nobody has any questions of any kind. Yeah, no. Not a, not We're good. However, Flagoon might no, come up with something. No, I don't have clever. You don't? Other than bringing your witty self and talking about your books and yourself? No. So. Got nothing. Got nothing. That's it? No, uh, you don't tell me what you want to talk about. We'll talk about it. What should we talk about? Lagoon, you're on the other end. What's what's um, you guys going to talk about? Uh, Here, I, I can play an interesting game this weekend. Okay. I want to hear Lagoon's thing. Here okay. For those of you who don't really know me or uh, know me well enough, I'm one of those games or art kind of foo-foo guys, and I just played this really weird game uh, that I downloaded off of Steam called Dear Esther. It's a first-person game. There's no shooting, there's no puzzling, and really only the only thing you can do is move forward, move backward, move left, move right. But the way it presents itself and the mood it creates is actually quite uh, compelling. It actually keeps you going from uh, set piece to set piece. That's interesting. Yeah. And like what like, genre like a, and, and are we talking about? Say again? I mean, like, what's the setting? It's just modern uh, the day setting is walking around? You're, you're, you're on a deserted island. You're all by yourself. And you just your your basic goal is to just... Explore the island, basically. Huh. Really? Okay. And by That's exploring cool. the island, you, you uncover uh, you uncover different little aspects of the story by either uh, by either uh, something. Uh, oh, hey, my daughter's crying. Crying. That's crazy. By either something that you see, like a picture, <laughs> kind of just kind of kind of on the floor, or uh, mm-hmm. a, a little shrine that's created in a, in a one of the dilapidated burnt buildings, or by by looking at some of the some of the the ship tracks that are. Uh, that are uh, strewn about the uh, the shoreline, and then the other way is in different areas. You're going to find uh, different spots where you're actually listening to uh, some narration, and it's actually like very well written, very well uh, uh, voice acted, and it's very well presented. And it just creates this really 
a, a really good moody atmosphere, and it's almost like even though you know that there's no baddies and there's no there's no big monsters that are going to be coming out after you, it still it gets very spooky, and you almost like your your mind starts playing tricks on you, and you start thinking that you see somebody like you know some some sort of movement in the back of the screen, and, and you 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 go to investigate, they're gone, it's gone, there's nothing there, it's just it's awesome. Oh, that sounds cool. Hmm. So maybe well, there is someone. It's not there. a game for everybody. If you're the type of person who doesn't like a game that that who don't, if you're the type of person that'll, that can't enjoy a game unless they're sawing somebody in half with their uh, with their chainsaw bayonet, you're probably not going to be the, the the best type of person for this. But if you want to find a different uh, a different avenue of gameplay and a different uh, a different way of showing a uh, of telling a story, actually. This is a, this is a game for you. It's only available on Steam. Huh, Where cool. did you find it? Steam. 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 Okay. So right. we have had a Steam Tastic Day. Yeah. Nice. And that was called Gear Esther. Is that correct? Gear Esther. Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Does it explain how you got there? Um. Kind of in a way, you you don't really know if it's actual physical island or it's an island made up in this guy's mind. But ah. it's all a lot of it is all based on your interpretation of what you see and what you hear and what you find. Wow! So it sounds kind of like you, mist. if you just go, yeah. go ahead. So it sounds kind of like mist, but without the all the yeah. annoying puzzles. Yeah. It actually is. It's been uh, it's been kind of equal to, uh, to how kind of mist was, where you know you just. You're on this island, and you have to find out how to get off of it, why you're mm-hmm. there. Yeah, hmm. that's cool. Very interesting. So, what was the but item you? It's gonna... a really, it's a short game. If you mm-hmm. just go from from uh, end zone to end zone, from load screen to load screen, you're probably only going to play about maybe 45 minutes, maybe 50. But you can spend you can spend hours in just one zone, just taking in all the. Uh, all the all the ambience that they get that they put into the game, and trying to find all the different little little breadcrumbs that they give you for the story. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. So, what was the uh, the item you were bringing up? I was just gonna say that I uh, have recently become uh, re obsessed with Star Trek. Oh, I, I heard about that. It sounds very cool now that he just talked about this amazing artistic you game. You were recently looking to see the, the Heroclix. Uh, I know, that's ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Although I don't know why. Why? It's because um, now that Nika has it, mm-hmm. um, their model with Heroclix has been to uh, underproduce so that all the sets sell out, so that, you know, artificially increasing demand in that yeah. way. And with a brand new game like Star Trek, they grossly underproduced it because they had no idea if it would be successful at all. Yeah. And that has resulted in an amazing shortage. Mm. So it's sold out. It's almost impossible to find. And the people who do have it are selling them for exorbitant prices yeah. on eBay. So. So how is it playing that that Star Trek, the Star Trek game? See, I haven't played it. You haven't played it. I mean, it's just hero clicks. Yeah. But with Star Trek ships. Yeah. And I don't want to pay ten bucks a model for uh, hero clicks. Okay. But. But, but you want if I can get them down to like five bucks a model, yeah, totally. Okay. I'll invest in that. <laughs> now I'm a geek. Now, is it just, it's more than just the ships. You can also get, like, 
the actual character figures? Well, uh, WizKids does produce that, but it's through a different game. Oh, okay. They've got three Star Trek games right now. They have oh. Star Trek Tactics, which is the Hero yeah. Mini. And they have Fleet Captains, okay. which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's like this big, you know, you have ships and you move them around on this kind of modular hex board and things. And then they've got Expeditions, which is away teams down. Okay. And that's where the little figures of the people are. Gotcha. And that, I believe, uses the 2009 movie as its uh, base. Okay. So it's got like, you know, the that suited. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. But there you go. Sounds interesting. I know. I'm very pleased that now a company that cares about stuff is producing Star Trek games. And I spent most of my day today trying to not make a Star Trek game because I realized I could, a good idea for one. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't do me any good. I don't have the license to make a Star Trek game. You could have a homebrew one, though. Well, and see, that's what I'm going to end up with. And then have friends come over and, it's and play. kind of cool. And see if, it, if it's good enough, yeah. then I'm going to retheme it as something else and do it that way. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What would you re? What would I retheme it? Yes. I would retheme it as a uh, like a, a heist movie game. Mm. Okay. Because it 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 the you know it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, really, what what the Star Trek game is the one that's in my head is assembling a crew to go out and do stuff. Yeah. And so it's you know the whole idea of you take specialists and put them together mm-hmm. and then you overcome an obstacle and so. Yeah. That's exactly what a heist movie would be, and that is a realm in which very few games exist. And so yeah, it could work. That could be fun, actually. Yeah, I think it would be yeah. cool. Once I have a prototype, I'll bring it. You, you can yeah. play it. Nice. I need an engineer on this job. <laughs> exactly. We need to seal these jewels with a hologram. Yes. Security officer. <laughs> One, hopefully, that's not wearing red. The reason that I have become obsessed with Star Trek recently yes. was Star Trek Online. Yeah. Which I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, it's free to play. Yeah, it's free to play now. And, what? Uh, it's free to play also now. Also available on Steam. Yeah, it just went free to play like a month ago. Um, oh, it's man. been around for two years. Yeah. And nobody knew or cared because, you know, they there was almost no fanfare for that game once it finally came out. Uh, but Everybody it was still a, waiting for uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Star Wars stole all the thunder, but uh, I saw a banner for it somewhere and thought, oh, it's free to play now? I'll at least check it out, and it's actually really fun. Yeah? I mean, it's not going to steal anyone's life away. So how is the structure? Do you, are, are you having to earn your ranks, or do you just get to start as a captain? Or? Well, it uh, it uses the very handy nautical tradition where the whoever is in command of a starship is called a captain, okay. even if that is not the rank they actually hold. Oh, okay. And so every character starts off on a ship mm-hmm. in which, you know, all the officers higher ranking than you have been, like, eaten by the board or something. And oh, so okay. you're in charge, mm-hmm. and then Starfleet just and says, you're oh. you're an ensign or something. Yeah, you start as an ensign, and they just leave you in charge of the starship, and you go around, and it has uh, actually very cool space combat. And kind of lame ground combat, but uh, Although, sadly, be, being in the military and getting stuck on a ship where the ensign is the captain, I'd be honest. 
Exactly. So wait, you're that saying that the guy who just barely graduated the academy is in charge? I've been in mm-hmm. for nine years. Okay, I'll, I'm in charge now. Go in. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, Our common. Sorry. Sorry to uh, to talk over no. you. No, please do. But that ensign could be James our, T. Kirk. Our, our common joke was, uh, "How do you know an ensign's lying?" He's talking. When they say it's been my experiment experience. Oh. <laughs> yeah. If, if anybody, anybody out there, military wise, will probably. Yeah. Giggle a little bit at it and then go back. Oh no, sir, that's that's not a real uh, that's not a real joke. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. No, okay. I totally believe that. That reminds me of the other joke. How do you know if somebody has an iPhone? Yeah. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. I have an iPhone. Now. <laughs> so true. Yeah. My, so so anyway, I guess that, that joke's old enough at this point that iPhones are common enough that nobody cares. Yeah. But anyway, back to Star Trek Online. It's actually really fun. And what sold me on it mm-hmm. is you hit like level six or seven, and you suddenly get access to the duty officer system, mm-hmm. which is filling out the rest of your crew. Up until now, it's been you and then a couple of dudes and your bridge crew. Yeah. But now all of a sudden you have like, you know, 30, 40, 100 people and you have little assignments and you can assign them. And it's just this dumb little thing. It has almost no impact on the actual game. Yeah. It doesn't really earn you significant experience. But it's just really cool. It's just really fun to say, oh, I need to run a diagnostic of this system, I'm going to assign this dude and this dude because they have the right skills for it. Nice. It's really addictively fun. Hmm. Um, the, 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 the reason that that game has survived and the reason that I'm playing it is because it actually does a good job of being Star Trek-y. Mm-hmm. And so, while the gameplay is not super fun, the ambiance is exactly, you know, scratching all the right pitches for me. So, so does it have decent graphics, or is it kind of low-brow? It's actually pretty good, oh, okay. uh, especially in space. Okay. Um, especially yeah, the space in space. Those were actually kind of fun. Yeah, have you played it before? I played, I, played, I played all the way up to the first away mission, and then I went back to playing uh, uh, DC Universe, DC Ultimate Universe <laughs> online. Now, isn't, didn't that go free to play? That did as well. Yeah, that also went free like, to play. You have to pay is, to be is, Green Lantern. Is that Lantern. one good? Because I remember it's, seeing... It's all right. I mean, it's, it's mindless beat-em-up. I mean, there's no auto attack, so all you're doing is clicking. If you want to do your range, it's like right-click, do your range, range attack, left-click, do your melee attack, and when you're attacking, it's just mad clicking like it's like you're going out of... like you're you're trying to close a, uh, a bad... Uh, uh, browser before your pocket <laughs> into the office. Nice. Awesome. That's an that's an intriguing gameplay model. That's that's sad yeah. though that it's just button mashing because their whole advertising for that game was how clever the combat was going to be. Like you could freeze water and then throw it at people and they take damage from being hit by a big block of ice and things like that. Well, and you, you get you get random spells like that where you can you can do stuff like that. Like I've got a Joker character that has a taser that. It, it both tases and it also pulls them towards you, so you can start doing your your more heavy hitting uh, melee attacks. Mm-hmm. And I have another character that's uh, that's uh, uh, magic based, kind of. Uh, I, I used my my character was kind of uh, um, the it, my my yeah, characters. Um, oh, what's the word? Uh, they're, they're the person that they're teaching uh, that's teaching them is Wonder Woman. And oh, that's so cool. uh, she's she's all she's kind of a uh, she's kind of magic based and does uh, does fire damage. Hmm. 
I know that if I was being taught something by Wonder Woman, I would pay very close attention. Yeah. Oh, I yes, yes. You 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 pay very close attention. Although all it really is is just you see her face in like a picture window, and uh, then you hear okay. like a voiceover of whatever your new quest is. Really? Hmm. That's it. Oh well. Okay. Hey. Yeah, hey, that was that was. However. I'd rather have Wonder Woman than Batman as my teacher, though. Okay, as cool so, as that is. so talking about Wonder Woman. Yes. The new 52 Wonder Woman comic. You yeah. guys read that? No. It's awesome. I read the first one and then kind of. You didn't quit. like the first one? Mm-mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the art kind of threw me off. Oh, I love it. But some of the other 52 novels are just kind of dwindling in my interest. I you know, I was getting quite a few of them now. My list is shrinking. So. Wonder Woman has always been weird. Yeah. Because she's the most famous female superhero ever. Mm-hmm. And yet she doesn't really do anything. You know, she yeah. doesn't really have a hook other than she's the girl. Yep. And this new this new one I think has given her a really cool story and a really cool hook. And um hmm. I mean it, it's the the way they're using the Greek gods yeah. and you know they're all fighting with each other, you know, it has almost a kind of dare I say, um, kind of a Sandman vibe to okay. it a little bit. Yeah. Um, in that you're watching the, the various schemes of these gods as they fight each other and or work together. And I don't know. I really got into it. I, I was just delighted somebody was finally doing Wonder Woman right. Now, has the uh, the art improved? Well, see, I loved the art in the first one. Oh, so okay. I, yeah, I don't just, know. The coloring just seems off to me. That's mm. But... Well, I can go back and read them, maybe. Well, you know, I, I, you know, Superboy. I started reading that. That fell off quickly. Uh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still reading the the three Batman and the three Superman titles. Green Lantern, I'm not too sure about right now. Uh, I do like the Suicide Squad. They've kind of made a twist where uh, they've kind of gone into the backstory of Harley. Okay. So she was actually, you know, and you Harley find the it. one that they made like they got rid of the cool Harley and they just have this kind of trashy Harley now. Well, she is kind of dressed tra- uh, trashy, but you know, come to find out, she's actually one of the uh, the actual doctors in. Uh, she had a doctor degree. She was a psychologist at working at Arkham, and Joker manipulated her. She fell in love with him and okay. became the crazy psychotic person she is. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd say of, of all Batman's uh, um, rogue uh, gallery, uh, Har- Harley's my favorite just because of her backstory. Yeah. Oh yeah, Harley's cool. Um, I saw recently a pitch for uh, a TV show, and somebody wanted to do like the Birds of Prey idea, yeah. but with all the Gotham uh, villainesses, like with Poison Ivy, yeah, Poison Ivy and Harley and Catwoman yeah. instead of like the yeah. ones no one cares that about. That would be a great like one. Huntress. Yeah. So. I think that's cool. Yeah, that would be a really good show, actually. Yeah. And now I just said no one cares about Huntress. The other cool New 52 one that's oh, coming yeah, out the, is World's Finest, yeah, uh, which the, is Huntress and Power Girl. And the Huntress is Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle's daughter from Earth yeah. 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that one sounds like a cool take on yeah. it, but I don't know. That could be interesting. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping... I don't know. In general, and I would have to see some numbers on this mm-hmm. and uh, maybe hear from someone who knows better, but just observing the industry from the outside, mm-hmm. I have to say that the New 52 experiment was a failure. 
I would agree. I don't think it changed the way people read comic books, mm-hmm. nor did it change who reads comic books. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I kind of found weird is some comic books, the timeline changed, so they were starting fr- over. Mm-hmm. Others just seem to keep going on, but yet they keep referencing back and forth, and it's really confusing. Yep. All they did, which is one of the reasons why I still have not gotten into reading anything, is because I I don't want to have to deal with all the continuity and go, you know, read something and have to go, what the crap are they talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that was and supposed to be. Then have to go study and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that was supposed to be one of the one of the benefits of the new Fifty Two plan. Yeah, well, was, was a complete so, restart. You know, if if you want to start reading Batman, you have to research 30 years of Batman history yeah. to figure out what's going on. And so the plan was, let's start a new Batman that you can jump in from page one and not have to know yeah. anything else. And they haven't actually done that with most of the titles, mm. and it's still no more accessible than it used to be, yeah. and so nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, cool. Well, I, think it'd be kind of, on some costumes. Yeah, I think it would be kind of cool for uh, for comics to do. Kind of like how they did with the, uh, I can't remember what it was, but when they did the Superman story, but instead of Superman's pod selling, calling in America, it falls in, in uh, Russia. The tropic? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the Red Sun. Yeah. yeah the Red Sun. Really can cool Superman. Do, do something kind of like that, but, like, you know, kind of mess up their timeline. Like, do, like, a do a, a Batman, but instead of, you know, instead of, you know Batman being in, in, uh, in uh, you know, Parker, not, not Gotham, he's in, uh, he's in London, and it's during the, uh, during the Sherlock Holmes time. Well, or they, they kind of or, or Western. Yeah, they kind of did something similar to that with Flashpoint. You know, they had Superman's pod actually crashed in Metropolis, and then they 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 captured him and put him in uh, some weird cell and were yeah. experimenting on him. Uh, Batman wasn't Bruce Wayne. Bruce and his mother had died. It was actually Thomas Wayne. Oh, that's um, cool. And then Aquaman and Wonder Woman had been lovers, and then something happened there, and then they sunk Europe. Most of Europe, finally, between them fighting, um, so it was it was different. Um, and then, you know, that that timeline got fixed, and that was kind of the explanation to start the new Fifty Two, which hey, mm-hmm. great, we had a new yeah. start. Let's just start over. But See, it didn't. I I, I like Lagoon's suggestion. Yeah. Of if you're gonna reboot these comics, let's do it. Do it. You yeah. know, be crazy. Uh, there's a web comic called Dresden Kodak, mm-hmm. which is one of the best web comics out there. If you don't read it, go read it. He updates it, you know, every two or three weeks. So it's, but it's worth the wait. Yeah. Uh, they're just gorgeous. And uh, he also has, in addition to that, he has an art blog that he keeps. And back when the new Fifty Two was coming out, he uh, did this whole thing of how he would redesign the Justice League if mm-hmm. he was in charge of redesigning the yeah. Justice League. And it was fascinating. Hmm. You know, he actually took it down, and it's not just, oh, well, it's still Superman, but X. It was, no, let's look at who Superman is, and why is he interesting, Mm -hmm. and what's cool about him, and what's lame about him, and really kind of delved down to the the core of all these characters. And uh, I thought it was really, really cool. Well, the only one out of the New 52 that I like that seems to have gotten a fresh start is the Justice League. Really? Yeah, it's you know. Uh, well, that's the one Grant Morrison. Yeah, right? yeah, and you know, great, great artwork. Uh, the storyline's pretty good, and it starts out like they're just learning about each other. You know, my mm-hmm. one of my favorite lines in that is, you know, 
Batman runs into Green Lantern, and Green Lantern's talking to Flash, because apparently they've already ran into each other and they're friends. And Flash goes, dude, Batman's real? <laughs> you know, That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, he's supposed to be a myth. So, you know, and then, you know, and then Batman and Green Lantern run into Superman, and he's attacking them because he, you know, they're they're crazy weirdos in costumes and Batman looks like a villain Green Lantern's ring is detecting an alien that shouldn't be on Earth and so they're going after him and it ends up being Superman and then and it seems like each issue they throw in someone else they've thrown in Wonder Woman okay so it's Cyborg in yet he is now tell me how that works because I thought that was one of the most interesting things they did with Justice League was put Cyborg in so with Cyborg it was you know you see him appear as a high school teenager playing football, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't remember. Oh, it's Green Lantern's plane. He's constructed a plane, flies over the top of the football game, and so you're like, okay, who is this kid? And then the next issue, he's visiting his father, and his father's been um, doing research on this alien technology that it found its way to, to Earth, mm-hmm. and. While they're doing that, a, a boombox is actually there, and it opens up. And these creatures Darkseed's been sending are actually they're taking humans. And when that opens up, um, it does something, and it starts burning uh, Victor's body. And oh. so his father, in a way to save him, uses this alien technology that grafts itself to him, and that's how he becomes cyborg. Okay. And then, so so now now what this, this is my thought on Cyborg in the Justice League. Mm-hmm. That seems like an understandable choice. Yes. Um, and and uh, at, at, at the risk of sounding really patronizing here, Justice League needed some non-white people. Yes. They always used to use Jon Stewart as the Green Lantern because he was the black guy. Yeah. But he's the least interesting Green Lantern. I agree. And so it seems, like, on the one hand, like a very kind of pale mercenary decision to uh, throw in Cyborg because he's black. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, he has a a power set that the rest of the Justice League don't have, and a background that they don't have. And I think that story wise, it'd be very interesting to put him in there. But my my question, and this was ex- expressed much better by the Dresden Kodak guy than mm-hmm. than by me. Um, the way he put it was, if you're on a team with Superman, yeah, and your power is punching stuff not as hard as Superman punches stuff, mm-hmm. why are you on that team? Yeah. And when Cyborg was in the Teen Titans, that was his job, was yeah. being the big dude who punches stuff. And he can't have the same job on the Justice League. No, he doesn't. And the, that's kind of the nice thing is, you know, he's these creatures show up, mm-hmm. and Superman's pummeling them, and they're still, I mean, they're they're taking it. And Cyborg just comes up, and this alien technology immediately scans the biology of these creatures, and morphs his arm into this cannon and just you know blasts it to pieces. Okay. And so he's and then he's able to, you know he's able to look at a boombox, it analyzes it, and it's able to confirm what it is and how to work it. So okay. that's kind of See, how that's, his that's the way to do it. I'm yeah. glad they're doing that. Yeah. Because you know if if it were me putting Cyborg onto the Justice League, yeah. he would be the hacker. Yeah. And that's, you know? that's kind of what it seems like he's Which done. Which is awesome. I'm yeah. glad that they've got These that interfaces done. come out, plug into it, and it starts reading yeah, the data because, and analyzing that's, it. That's the hole that the Justice League yeah. had. That was a, a... Well, it's Batman is okay with computers, but you know, alien technology is still foreign to him. Mm-hmm. And this way, it's a way around it. So I like what they've done. I, you know, 
I like Teen Titans, but yeah, I mean that's the cartoon. That seems like all he ever did is oh, yeah. punch down a wall. Mm-hmm. See, and fr- from a from a from a writer's point of view, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're writing a team, you don't want to give all the powers to one guy. Mm-hmm. And any team that has Superman and Batman on it doesn't really need anybody else, unless you are very careful about which powers you let them have. And yeah. So if you give all the technology stuff to Cyborg, then Batman is the infiltrator, mm-hmm. detective guy. Yeah. And Cyborg is the tech guy. Yes. And Superman is the tank. Yep. And Wonder Woman is the girl tank. I mean, are they using Wonder Woman intelligently, or is she just uh, the Wonder girl Woman Superman? is a little bit different. Uh, she fights with a sword. Oh, that's cool. Um, and she's got this kind of... This weird arrogance about her, it, you know, she's here to save humanity, mm-hmm. and it, it's just different. But it's not bad. It's working, you know, um, she's working with a special branch of the, you, you know, the Department of Defense, and so they're kind of cleaning up the mess around her because she just <laughs> obliterates everything around her. She doesn't care, you know, whatever it That's takes, awesome. whatever it takes to save, you know, humanity from whatever is attacking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their their sole job is to clean up her mess. That's uh, awesome. And Steve Ro- is it Steve? No, it's Steve something. Steve Rogers. Steve Tyler Taylor. Steve Rogers is Captain yeah, America. Yeah, Steve Taylor. It's Steve something. That's oh the the, the love friend? interest. Yeah, the yeah, boy, I don't even remember. He is part of that special force team, okay. so that's how they oh, get, so they're connected there. He, he matters. Now. Yeah. Um, and then you got Aquaman that just shows up. And I've heard the Aquaman. Dedicated comic is actually pretty fun. It's yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, my again, I love flat, uh, Green Lantern's comment about um, Aquaman. He's like, so what? You can talk to fish. Mm-hmm. That's your superpower. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then he walks away. Well, see, at, at the risk of starting a, a Marvel DC flame war. Yeah. Um, one of the problems I've always had with DC is everyone's powers are basically different versions of each other. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Wonder Woman is the female Superman. Yes. Aquaman is the swimming Superman. Yeah. Green Lantern is the Superman with green with rings. Power, yeah. You know? And, well, and they basically all do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And you compare that to, like, the X-Men, where everyone's really different. Yes. Uh, you know, X-Men still has the problem of, we will solve this problem by punching it. Yes. Uh, but at least the people punching it look like they would punch it in different ways. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, even if you look at the... Uh the you know, two, the oh the Infinite Earth uh, Crisis on Two Earth series where they go to the other place you know Super Wo- or Wonder Woman's al- alternate ego or alternate person there is Superwoman mm. so okay. um, they address it there saying yeah we realize that okay. but uh, yeah you know X Men they're doing a really good job and Marvel side they've brought back the Age of Apocalypse I heard that they um, did that in X X Factor, yeah, uh, that was a great little run, and now it's its own running comic book. Okay, I, I was very sad when X Force. I, I, I suppose X Force is still technically yeah, going. Yeah, but, uh, it's now one. When X Force for the while for a while it was mm-hmm. run by Wolverine and it was the Black Ops yeah. division. Still is. Is it still yep. that way? Yep. It's because I remember there was like a break in it where all of a sudden it was different characters or something. Yeah, there was, but know. they've they've kind of gone they've, back they've to gone that. Back so you got you got Wolverine, you got Wolverine, you got Deadpool. Oh, you Deadpool's got, in yeah, there now. Yeah, yeah, Psylocke. You have the um, 
Oh, I can't remember the some other guy's name. Warpath? Is he still there? No, he's not. Oh. Uh, it's some guy from an alternate reality that uh, has two brains. Okay. Um, and then you got Psylocke, and now you have Nightcrawler from the Age of Apocalypse in that group. Oh, that's kind And of so, yeah, they are the Black Ops guy. They're out operating outside Cyclops' mm-hmm. vision. And, uh, okay. I might have to give that another chance, because yeah. the first run when it was like Wolverine and Warpath mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, Domino yeah. and X-23, I loved that. Yeah. That was one of my favorite comic series. Mm-hmm. And I gave up on it when it started tweaking, and so maybe I'll go back to it. And it's know. it's really interesting because you see the same old characters, but they're in a variation of their outfits. So it's a lot of black, white, and gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you definitely know they're treading on the darker side, and they're they're not they're willing to do what's necessary. Yeah, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I Marvel's doing a great job with that. They've introduced uh, you know Scarlet Spider's back, which used to be Kane. And you have, they're going to be doing some Venom tie-in. I don't know how that's going to happen. Mm. Not doing too bad. Venom's one who would be fun on on the uh, X-Force. It would be interesting because right now Venom is actually bonded to, the symbiote bonded to Flash Thompson. Which is an ex uh, Marine vet and he's lost his legs. So he uses swords and guns. See, I really like the, uh, you know, speaking of dark uh, comics, mm-hmm. I really like the Dark Avengers series. Yeah, it was not too bad, actually. Norman Osborn, you know, putting together yeah. all the villains dressed up as the heroes. Yeah. And they used Venom. Yeah. But, you know, even though they had Venom there to fill the Superman niche, yeah. he was really filling the Hulk niche yeah. from classic Avengers of mm-hmm. the crazy guy we're only kind of in control of. Yes. And that was, I thought, was a wonderful use of Venom. They're coming back. Really? The Dark yes. Avengers are coming back? Yep, Marvel's bringing them back. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I like that. So we'll okay. see how the, that ties in. I'm excited for that because I like cool. that. See, the the problem with the Dark Avengers is they were trying to do too many of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Dakin was useless on that team. Yes. Um, you know, people like that are just not interesting enough to warrant their slot. Hmm. Um, but that's cool. Yes. Uh, we've lost Flagoon, apparently. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I figured that that we lost him when it, it went suddenly, suddenly he wasn't quiet. Yes, anymore. so that's too bad. It is now. So partials is next week. Partials is next week, the twenty eighth of February. All three of the, uh, I you know, I'm not a serial killer, Mister Monster, and I don't want to kill you. Is out mm-hmm. and available everywhere. They are available everywhere. Uh, is there anything else that's coming out soon okay. for you? If you are into audiobooks, I have okay. an audiobook that's out. Nice. Called A Night of Blacker Darkness. Oh, yes. That is the ebook that I uh, self published over the summer, mm-hmm. uh, which was almost immediately picked up by an audio group that loved it uh, so much that they wanted to have an exclusive contract on it. Wow. And so until May, uh, the audio is the only version available. I actually took the ebook down. Huh. Okay. Um, and it's it's a really good audiobook though, so I recommend it. Nice. And uh, up and yeah, that's that's all for now. I've got another one coming out in July, but that's that's in July. That's far far away. Not too far. Live in the now. Okay. So where can they get the audiobook? The audiobook is on Audible. Okay. The best place to get it. Um, and uh, actually, if you are a writing excuses listener, if you listen to the podcast that I do, mm-hmm. you can. Uh, 
go on there and um, we have a a free trial where you can get a free audible trial and get a free audiobook. Nice. But I think just standard audible membership comes with a free audiobook anyway. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So that reminds me, with you guys traveling as much as you can, I mean, Brandon's always out. Sounds like you're going to be traveling. How are you guys doing uh, you know, writing excuses? Now? We actually, just last week, we recorded a ton. Yeah. Um, we we have Mary Robinette Kowal yeah. on the show now, and she lives in Portland. Okay. And so basically what we do is three or four times a year, we will fly her out to Utah, okay, and we'll record a whole ton of episodes in a weekend, mm. and then we'll just keep them in the hopper. And anytime two or more of us are at a convention, we'll grab some special guests and record a couple of extra episodes yeah. and fit them in. So actually, uh, with stuff Mary and I recorded last year at World Fantasy, and with the stuff we just recorded at uh, LTUE in February, mm-hmm. and then the extra stuff that we've all done. Uh, we actually have all the way through the end of July already recorded. Wow. Yeah. That's so. We don't have that much stuff recorded. <laughs> well, we're, we're struggling. Because your show is like two hours long. Ours is fifteen minutes. Well, yes. So it's but easy. Then we were doing the podcast on the side yeah, and it's just well. scheduling. It just I'm amazed. You there you go. You guys can do that consistently. So. Well, we love doing it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's great. I, I love listening to them. It's great advice. So anyone that's wanting to be a writer or just improve your writing skills, listen to it because it, it's really helpful. And it's totally free. Nice. And that's always good. So, Well, we've only got a few more minutes. Any okay. last-minute things that we should... Last-minute things. You know what I'm going to say yes. going back to Star Trek? Okay. My final comment for you, dear listeners, is uh, go, if you got Netflix, get on there and watch Enterprise again. Because that was the one nobody ever really watched. Yep. And it was kind of lame. But I just rewatched the pilot episode last mm-hmm. night, and maybe I'm just a sucker. But I was actually genuinely surprised at how much I liked it. Okay. See, I, I fell out of it. It just seemed like it was really boring, and they were just... See, Reusing things. Here's my theory. Okay. The that show had the problem of coming right on the heels of, you know, three much bigger uh, Star Trek series. Yeah. Uh, for me, DS9 is the best one. Okay. And watching Enterprise, it was not DS9. Yeah. And it wasn't dealing with the same themes. And it had a completely different attitude. Yeah. And so at the time, in that moment, I thought, well, this is dumb. This isn't the Star Trek I want. Yeah. Now, like 10 years later, going back to it, yeah, I can I can see what they're trying to do. Okay. They're, they're, they're doing something completely different than what I thought I wanted. Yeah. And uh, with 10 years removal, I can appreciate it for what it is. I'll have to go back and look at it. I, I know the, the theme song in the beginning threw me off. Oh, well, see, and it, that's horrible. That is yeah. a legitimately horrible theme song. The Rod Stewart song that oh, someone else resang. I mean, it was just, yeah. Um, yeah, so actually one fun thing you can do is jump on YouTube and uh, people have redone the opening of Enterprise mm-hmm. with, like, all these other songs. I mean, people do that anyway. Yeah. You can probably find the opening of Enterprise with the Office music nice. if you look for it. But, uh, um, yeah, you can find a much better version. 
but ignore that. Fast forward through it, yeah. and, and then and watch the episode because it's it's they're they're basically doing cowboys into space again. Well, I mean, I was excited because I like Scott Bakula. Yeah. He was great in Quantum Leap, so I was thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, was, we're gonna have a good captain. You know, I wasn't a big fan of Janeway on Voyager. Yeah, nobody was. And so I'm thinking, okay, we got a good solid captain here. And then I'm just like, I kept watching episodes, and it's like, really? See, and really? I, I and only watched the, whole, the pilot last the night. The whole time thing. Maybe as I get into it, then I'll get disillusioned. But the pilot sold me enough okay. to keep watching them. All right. Which, going back to Voyager, mm-hmm. did not sell me to keep watching No, like I can't go back to Voyager at all. Um, so, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, even though I, I, mean, I did like a couple of the characters, like Tuvok, on there, um, it just it just wasn't enough to keep me interested the whole series. That's because Neelix is arguably yes the worst Star Trek character of all time. Yeah, I didn't. I, yeah. Anyway, you mentioned uh, Dean. Uh, you mentioned Scott Bakula. Yes. At Dragon Con last year, uh-huh. he and Dean Stockwell were both there. Oh my! So you not only had the Enterprise and the Battlestar Galactica, but you had the Quantum Leap Quantum reunion. There. Wow! It was awesome. And you were there. Yeah. But you had to stand in line for like three hours to go oh. see him, so I didn't. Oh. But I, I walked past and while they chatting with each other. Nice. So. That, that's, yeah, several genres melded together. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Nice. There you go. Okay. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. It's my pleasure. It. We're excited. Uh, I yeah. sincerely hope that someone is interested enough in our ramblings about crap that they listen to this. Oh, I'm sure they will. Okay. So. I enjoyed it. Yes, awesome. he enjoyed it. <laughs> so, um, hey, and if you're local, yes, everyone out there, uh, there's a Salt Lake City Nerd is coming up next month. What March 24th. Okay. Downtown Salt Lake. Okay. Uh, basically, some guys are putting together not a not a sci-fi convention, mm-hmm. but a sci-fi geek party is basically what it is. Nice. And they've got bands coming in. Uh, my L5R group is going to be there that starting at 2 o'clock. They're doing gaming. Um, look it up on the web, Salt Lake City Nerd, SLC Nerd. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the first year they've done it. I'm really hoping that it you know, is successful so that they'll keep doing it in the future. But it, it looks like it's going to be a party. So Nice. We'll have to go. That sounds like fun. Cool. Even if it is to see uh, paint, or, uh, Paul put on his war paint. <laughs> he yeah. needs to bring props. It's going to be awesome. So, All right. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. We'll be back next Monday. Um, I don't even know who we have on next Monday. I think I said it yesterday. So tune in to the, or check the website, Facebook page, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.